This Week in League is brought to you by Sportsmate Mobile's League Live, the ultimate NRL app for every type of league fan. Putting the NRL at your fingertips. News scores, TV viewing schedules, match day information and more. Search for Sportsmate in the App Store or Google Play to download League Live today. This week in league, the coaching staff of the Gold Coast Titans and the Penrith Panthers have finally found the missing Jamal Idris. He was in Vietnam. The NRL trial, a new mercy rule allowing Parramatta to keep premiership points even after breaching the cap. It's NRL Christmas where every team has a red hot shot at being undefeated asterisk premiers. And we preview the 2016 NRL season. All that more this week in league. Welcome to episode 211 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. No, you're not. <laughs> no, I'm not. Mentioned on Twitter, plot twist, big plot twist, um, season 2016, the, this is seventh year, sixth year, I'm, I'm terrible with this shit, I can't even remember, but the plot twist is, this year, no Glenn. Bum Maybe no Glenn ever. But at this stage, we're just talking about this year. Now, I think you know the best the best way to, to get the news out is via the man himself. So uh, earlier this evening, he uh, sent a voice uh, voice message in, basically, so we could chuck it in the show, so you can uh, get the tale straight from Blakely's mouth. G'day Twill Nation, uh, it's Glenn Blakely here, you might remember me from uh, such podcasts as This Week in League and uh, most of your wet dreams, let's be honest. Just wanted to uh, touch base with you all and, and let you know that regrettably uh, this year I'll, I've had to uh, step aside from my hosting gig on the show, uh, it's not a decision that's been easy to make and certainly hasn't been taken lightly but uh, with a new new gig um, getting a new company off the ground from scratch uh, massive opportunity for me personally professionally um, and I, I feel like I need to give it 100% um, of my concentration and focus um, and, and probably time to be honest um, it's a massive undertaking uh, including relocating my family um, so unfortunately something had to give and um, not just uh, not just the podcast but that was probably along with coaching the kids is uh, is the biggest and, and hardest decision I've had to make um, with, with this new gig so um, stepping aside and, and making way for Jared who's uh, a great mate of mine he's a fantastic man and, and I think he'll do a fantastic job on the show in my absence um i'll still be around the show and i'll still be uh as active as i possibly can be on twitter and and facebook and and happy to be involved with the show um as the boys want or need me and, and interact with all you guys as much as possible um really hard decision to make as i said so uh, i hope you all understand i hope you support what i'm trying to do um really what it comes down to is trying to make sure i do the best and make the uh, the best decision for my family first and foremost. I know I sound like a rugby league player that's just signed a big contract, but 
it's really what it's come down to. And uh, at least for the next 12 months, if I can be honest, like we've always said about rugby league players in these situations, at least for the next 12 months, it really is all about the money. Um, I've got a guaranteed portion for 12 months and I've got 12 months to get the business to a point where it matches uh, the level of income that'll be required to to match the guaranteed portion when it all comes down to it. So it really is all about the money, um, at least for this first year. Um, but all jokes aside, it's it really comes down to time. And uh, look, it, I just couldn't commit to the time, and that's what it come down to. The show deserves 100% commitment um, and time and energy, and I'd be doing you guys a disservice, and I think you'd notice it, and I think you'd call us on it uh, if, if I wasn't giving it. 100% as, as I've tried to do these last six years so you guys are all fantastic I appreciate all your support over, over my uh, my six years on the show we've, we've created something brilliant um, as I said still want to be involved with the show and um, look the irony the irony that the Tigers will win the competition this year in a season that I will not be hosting this week in league should, should not be lost on any of you certainly not lost on me um, I will be around to remind you of this um, so stay tuned and um, enjoy the show and go the Tigers so there it is straight from the horse's mouth he's basically the Kieran Foran of podcasting at this stage <laughs> down to the choice of words with the exact same doing the best for his family thing. so obviously there's some other podcast out there you know maybe it's Brad Arthur's podcast I don't know but um <laughs> <laughs> but and then it was it was a very um savor savor that last three minutes or however long it was because uh, it was a very Blakely three minutes as well it had a couple of his catchphrases put in there his inadvertent ones and also I, I, that was the second time I listened to it and I noticed that it also it also had like some sniffs in it as well which is something that you know maybe people are going to miss. The, the yawns and the sniffle there wasn't a stifled yawn in it that I don't think but there was definitely some there was some sniffles in there as well which uh, you know people are probably going to miss that look I, I think it showed uh, some real class and I think it showed some real emotion yep. and I can't think of any other cliches at the moment uh, but in all seriousness it's an absolute honour and a privilege to sit in Glenn's chair uh, he's left a a very uh, well-worn in this chair. And Glenn, I will do my best to fill your ass groove uh, in any way I can. So, uh, we have, have we even said who you are yet? I mean, people would know by now. I mean, people would, would, would know, but... Pe- people might know. Former, former, co- know. You know, former guest, you know, guest hosted just last season. Guest host, long-time was. listener of the show. Uh, big fan of the show. Big fan of a lot of the fans. And a uh, huge fan of rugby league. So what are we calling you? Um, just for simplicity, keep it at one syllable. All right. If your name, I'm Jay. 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 And you're using that same Twitter account for the purpose of these yeah, people? Yeah, same Twitter account. Okay. At Jar TV. You'll remember he was on last year. Um, and I guess we just need, just need to do a quick a quick little summary just so people know where you stand on a couple of, uh, a couple of the big issues. Yes. Um, clowns. Terrifying or indifferent... I have a normal relationship with clowns in that I don't seek them out, uh, but don't run in fear from them either. Uh, coffee. Do like coffee. Uh, Macca's coffee. Oh, I'll, I'll drive past a Macca's coffee 
um, to get to something that won't, won't rot my insides. Yeah. Um, state of birth. Uh, place date of birth. Obviously, well, I should say first. First, you're you're a Panther supporter, as people will remember. Yes. So we have, uh, you know, replaced we replaced one Westie with another. I felt that was important. Look, you, it's the you know big cat family. Yep. You know, you've gone Tigers to Panthers, and uh, yep. I don't know whether everybody knows or remembers, but Glenn was actually born mm-hmm. in Penrith. He was. Uh, and he was born in New South Wales. Correct. Uh, and I support both Penrith and New South Wales. And uh, so, okay, so and you were born in New South Wales. Yeah. I, I was. I was fortunate enough, even growing up in the, the main streets of Western Sydney, uh, for my parents to have enough money to buy me a dictionary. <laughs> so at a, a young age, I you know, went letter by letter and I got to letter O, uh, yeah. and the word origin um, stuck, and so I understand its meaning. Very good. You went, you went uh, seduced to the dark side by Wally Wanker. I mean, like of all people, like... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like he was more than cooler and something, you know, bald, you know, weird little dude, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't quite understand that, but um, what else have we got here? Um, Do you have the ability to determine which movies that uh, quotes come from? Uh, in most cases, yes. So, right, uh, so I hope this stint will be more of a, a Force Awakens rather than a Phantom Menace. All right, there you go. I think you just... <laughs> That's good enough to prove that I mean, this is good. That's good enough for me. So obviously, what I'm trying to illustrate is there's going to be, there's going to be some differences. <laughs> just be, just because they're both from you know the 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 western side of the village, uh, yeah, it's not going to be uh, exactly the same. Now, um, and like when when uh, Glenn, obviously, I've known for a little while, but uh, when he broke the news, like my first instinct was, okay, that's it, fucking pull the pin. That's the end of the show. And then I sort of you know reflected on it a bit and thought, hmm. Well, I thought, you know, it may be if we get another co-host, because I didn't want to do a co-host search or anything like that. And so it had to be someone that was, you know, reason, you know it could be in person, but I would have done Skype if I had to. And um, I was just lucky the first person I thought of was RJ here. And uh, he was putting it out there. Please don't sack me. But um, the This Week in League search for a co-host would have been some amazing reality TV. Reality audio or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree because you would have had a lot of people just uh, just gronking off and just trying no, trying to make cuts of themselves, basically. <laughs> lock lock people. Yeah. In a couple of rooms at the uh, Formula One motel in Campbelltown. Yeah. And see who comes out at the end of a week. <laughs> yeah, and they go, "Oh, what's a microphone?" You know, <laughs> fucking hell. Um, but yeah, and then and so uh, yeah, like Jared, perfect candidate. You know, in in the last was it last what last twelve months, you moved to like about fifteen minutes away. I am very close. Yeah, so it, was, it just worked on so many levels, and thankfully you didn't hesitate and, and said, "Yep, jump straight in." So uh, we were saved, all of us. Lovely. We're saved from a, from a shitty fucking world that doesn't have this week in league in it. Um, so with that out of the way, how was your off season? Um, good. I didn't actually, uh, pay attention to a lot of the, the junk that went on yeah, over the know. Christmas break and, and I really enjoyed it. Most years I stay very close to the news. Yeah. Uh, this year I, I let go. Yeah. Completely. I mean, being on, like, on Twitter all the time, like all the time, like I am, you see, you see everything go flying past, but I mean, I, I definitely wasn't actively seeking it all out, but holy shit, this off season had, it had fucking everything and it had to have been the most active off-season for just weird little shitty things going on that 
I can ever remember. And I mean, you know, maybe it's the time we live in and, you know, social media and things like that, that, you know, a lot more things sort of get reported or, you know, little things get blown up or whatever, but it's weird. Like, there's so much shit. But, um, I was going to I was going to say I had a fucking Idris of an off season, <laughs> but it, that was in terms of like fucking packing on the pounds over Christmas and then that Vietnam shit. I didn't have that at all. I didn't get fucking, <laughs> there was, there was no kidnapping or anything like that. I was just talking about too much Devon and tomato sauce sandwiches, but, um, <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, having to return to return, oh uh, yeah, underdone. But I, uh, you know, trained hard preseason, had a great preseason, and uh, yeah, looking to looking to. It's basically yeah. the Greg Inglis off-season diet, isn't it? Yeah, basically what it was. Then I was like, holy fuck, we need to arrest arrest these slides. So I've actually taken the extreme measure of removing all fucking grains and and sugar from my life, which is um, <sighs> and surprisingly very easy, and like you know I. I I love me a fucking burger and I love me a pizza, but I haven't even thought about them. Really? Not, not, not. The first two days were really fucking hard. Like, if you've ever tried to withdraw from caffeine or something, like, see, caffeine. I don't have a problem with caffeine, and I can't. Yeah, I quit like, smoking last year. Have, yeah, well, no matter what you go. Yeah, smoking's like, yeah, how many, yeah. how many weeks is that, or how long does it take to break the physical? I mean, you got the habit thing, and you know, the social thing takes a long time. But I mean, how about the actual? physical addiction is it like a week or two weeks I'll put it this way I'm thinking of tearing a page out of your book there and rolling it up and just smoking that right now <laughs> it's, still it's been six months yeah <laughs> but is that like just a social thing of like you just want to oh. it's just something you do when you're chilling yeah you know I mean? think so because I mean that's what a lot of people I know you know at workplaces I've been to and they try to quit and they you know it's just a social going outside and having a chat and stuff and they'll go out with like a pencil or something in their hand you know because they, exactly. they, they feel like they need to have something holding something in their hand you know it's a resistance training for my lungs yeah now that I've given up I can because uh, you were like on, you were vaping and stuff anyway for a while yeah, yeah still do that okay still do that occasionally okay. but um, not, not the uh, the really bad stuff so it's a good move positive move so it's obviously you know we've come into this we've come out of the preseason you know fitter than we've ever been well, I haven't been, no, not, although, although having said that, having, having said that, the, the, the last time, like I've, I was going to take up like, you know, the distance running again and uh, I'm just working up now and I'll go for the Gold Coast Marathon, but, um, in July, I think it is, but the fittest that I was, it was the last time I was running distance and that was in 2011, Manly won the comp, so putting all these things together, all these, all these little omen things that happened, um, one, that, that was, that was one of them. That is such a straw to clutch at. But there's more, and like uh, in in 2008, the 2008 grand final, the score was 40 nil. In case you didn't, if, yeah, in case yeah, you hadn't yeah. heard of it, yeah. But um, my wife was pregnant about probably four months, just under four months, say three and a bit months during that time. 2011, she would have been six months. So I figure the windows, the next couple of months. The window, the window's there. Knock her up again. That seems to guarantee premierships. Okay, yeah. So on that logic, <laughs> I'm stacking the deck with all the, all the fucking good vibes I can because the yeah you know, they've obviously got, they've done they've done their thing. They've got the team to do it. Now I've got to do my part. Yeah, nice. Okay. So on on that note, you know, in uh, the the beginning of, of 2003, uh, I started the year with two feet and two hands. Uh, I've yeah. started 2016 <laughs> with two feet and two hands. So Penrith are destined to win the premiership this year. It's written in the stars. Yeah, see, you, that's clutching at straws. Unless, unless you were celebrating like some sort of some sort of miracle that, um, you know, children born in the in the the western suburbs aren't normally born with two feet and two hands. 
Unless you're celebrating what an anomaly you are. <laughs> Depends on the relationship with no, the parents. Because, because you know, because your 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 mum didn't expose your 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 fetal body to thalidomide or something. <laughs> but, uh, no, the uh, the the only piece of of NRL news I was re- I really took an interest in over the off season though was the um, Wayne Bennett situation. Yeah. Um, I had heard from a, a colleague at. Uh, work who has an association with Unky Wayne's brother mm-hmm. that he wanted the Australian job. Yeah, well, I think that there and probably wasn't much secret of that, though, I think. And was it's very, like... very, very keen on the Australian job. Yeah. But what didn't come out was just how dirty he was at not getting yeah. the Australian job. Hence the England thing. Uh, hence the England thing, which almost reminded me of the Seinfeld episode where Jerry tries to return the jacket out of spite yeah, <laughs> and uh, so you know we uh, we pissed off Unky Wayne, and so now he's over with a mortal enemy. Yeah, and now we've got a a a, a Neil Henryless Melmaninga. <laughs> <laughs> so amazing! You know, probably should have just stayed with Sheen. Same, same. Yeah. Um, one of the other observation I just I just had to make right now because my fucking retinas were just blasted out. <laughs> um. Normally, Glenn would turn up in uh, in twill merch, or he would turn up in like you know some kind of West West Tigers like a hoodie in winter, or you know like a jersey or a training single or whatever, depending on the temperature. You've rocked up. Well, you know Sam, when Mister Wars did his stint as a co-host on several occasions, you know he'd he'd rock up in you know he's like these aubergine pants and you know he's a stylish man. You rocked up in. I can't remember what I what I what I call them. I think they're like the most Lebo shoes I've ever seen in my life. No, the these even are even though you're uh, not a Lebanese person. Yeah, these are uh, a pair of. Um, Talk them through these. They're they're like they're like high top Nike yeah, shoes. They're they're a pair of Nikes that are made out of. Uh, they've got a section that's horse hair and a section that's ostrich skin. And the section that's not horse hair and ostrich skin is you know made out of like some reflective red material. That's it. So they're like these these shiny red shoes. The un- most understated part is the part that's horsehair and ostrich skin. <laughs> it just looks like normal fucking suede and leather to me. I'll, I'll wear my uh, I'll wear my brown and white Penrith specials next week. <laughs> you know, all your UGG boots. <laughs> and yes, Glenn did turn up on many cold wintry occasions wearing UGG boots, uh, as I may have mentioned. Okay, um, now finally the uh, I think it's a bit of, this is a bit of, this is sad news. I, I hate bringing everybody down to start a season off. I really do. But um, a friend of the show, uh, Mick Colburn. Now, Penrith fans would probably know who he is on a number of occasions because he was a very, um, is, you know, a very meet-uppy, you know, kind of guy. Like, you know, he uh, he came to, you know, some um, some twill stuff and uh, and some manly functions uh, and things like that um, uh, over the years. And that's where I met him and uh, saw him on a number of occasions because uh, yeah, his father-in-law was the guy that arranged the, the manly traveling supporters, you know, travel and, you know, tickets and pre-match functions and stuff like that. Um, he's a Penrith fan. And unfortunately uh, for him, very sad news, but he's he's been battling cancer for a couple of years now and, um, you know, numerous operations and so forth. And uh, he got uh, the unfortunate news, uh, devastating news at the start of the year that uh, it's terminal. So this season, there's going to be a lot of things dedicated to him uh, in terms of this show. Um you know, he's got a wife, you know, uh, two small kids, like, so the same age as my kids, and so it really, like, hit me pretty hard, like, you know, if it was to happen to me, and so, 
a lot of things dedicated to him this year and in terms of things that we do like merchandise and everything I pretty much want to give every cent that's not cost as much as we possibly can to yeah to the family I mean because they're trying to raise things so so basically so so they can live out their you know their dreams and things like that you know the things that they want to do you know with the time they have left and that kind of thing so yeah, I hate to bring everyone down uh, with things like that but I'm I'm going to also like put an option with the memberships this year as well if people would like to give you know additional you know, money that we can send straight to them as well. And, you know, we've been pretty good over the years in terms of charity stuff. And you guys have been really good over the years in terms of supporting us, you know, doing that and, you know, getting on board things, you know, knowing when we're, you know, giving the, you know, the proceeds to charity. And so I would, um, you know, I would hope that you guys uh, support this uh, as well. Definitely. Now, mailbag. Good. So I put it, put it on Twitter, just a couple of things like people, what, you know, there's, there's such a big off-season. It would take us six hours if we were to cover every single thing that happened because there was really just so much that happened. Um, and I, I just don't don't want to fucking... I don't want to do a six-hour show. Uh, so I just sort of, you know, put it out there as, you know, people, what would you like to... You know, what would you like us to, to touch on and that sort of thing. We'll just do a quick little wrap-up of off-season things. Um, got a number of uh, tweets on the subject. Uh, Mitch Doyle at Mitch Doyle 13 since the Yields won the Auckland 9 does that now fully discount that comp as an indicator of form leading into the real league season yes no no because it didn't have any it wasn't an indicator in the first place that's my perspective um, the 9s oh, is like a fun see, little just, just to counter that fairy floss thing it's just, interesting and fun at the time but who won the 9s last year yeah, well yeah okay who won the 9s the year before I don't know who won the 9s the year South. before did they yep Fuck, maybe it is. So well, it's maybe, definitely uh, an indicator of form. I think it's just a, yeah. Um, however. Correlation is not causation, as yeah, they say. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, I was going to say, co- coincidences are everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did like the fact that Brisbane got beaten. By Manly in the yeah, last seconds. So, that was fucking tremendous. Um, Enjoyed the shit out of that. I mean, imagine Brisbane losing something in the last seconds. Haven't seen that since all their game right before that. <laughs> <laughs> Two's a coincidence, three's yeah. a habit. It was funny. Like, I, had a, I had a tweet from uh, from uh, Freak09 on Twitter, and he actually said, I'm just got to fast forward to it. I don't know if I've got it in here. Oh, yeah. Talk about whatever. Just never mention the 15GF again, please. Great grand final. And I just love the fact that, like, you know, Thurston snapping the field goal and everything. It's like on every single, like, it doesn't matter how short the vision is for the NRL in 2016. Yeah. Thurston snapping that field goal is in there, and uh, they really should have Ben Hunt dropping it too, because, I mean, you know, you've got to show both sides of the coin, in my opinion. Now, uh, should, should the theme song of the NRL's 2016 season have been Drop It Like It's Hot? That would have been tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, rappers out there, let's, let, let's, let's get a version of that together. <laughs> Drop It Like It's Hot. Now, um... Berkeley underscore Eagle has said uh, he's listed a couple of things Foxtel versus Channel 9 which will people prefer that's referring to the fact that the games are now simulcast uh, you can take your pick which which service you watch it on and I'll be watching it on Foxtel all fucking day and uh, you know Ray Warren tremendous you know half a century career on the mic pulling up pulling the pin at the end of this season Pulled the pin at the end of last season as far as I'm concerned. I'm not going to listen to a fucking word out of him this year. Yeah. Um, I don't tend to watch footy with commentary anyway. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't... I got rid of Foxtel. Um, yep. And 
I won't watch it on Channel Nine. I mean, it's you're a Telstra, to you're watch Telstra it customer. Te- I am. Um, you can get that. You can get the NRL thing for free. I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I watch I'm it. I'm taking advantage of that on uh, on the apps. Yep. Yep. So neither. Yeah. Well, what with the apps? What are they? Which commentary they use? Or you just don't have the commentary? I don't have the commentary on. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm often, like, especially on Friday night and things like that, I've got to kill two birds with one stone, so I'll often have, like, a game streaming, like the Sydney game streaming, and then the the other one on, t- on TV or whatever. But now with Foxtel, I'm probably going to... I'll probably have fucked off Foxtel before the end of this season as well. Yeah. Just because, like, the combination of Netflix and Stan is just working together so well. Yeah. And I've come to realise that, like, the channels that... Not the not that I watch, but the channels that the family watch. Otherwise, are not Foxtel ones anyway. Really, like the kids, like my daughter. When the days when she's not at kindy, she'd have it on ABC for kids all day. Yeah, she doesn't give a shit about any of the other stuff. And like then, and then you've got like then the other thing she watches, like the kids series, like on Netflix and stuff like that. You know. Yep. You don't need it. Foxtel, Foxtel, and as as you know, the internet access improves, and you know the speeds improve for everyone else. They're going to have to really try and do some interesting things, I think, to try and stem the t- the the flow because you know fourteen bucks a month or whatever it costs for Netflix for the full thing on multiple devices and everything. Yeah, it's like definitely. It's, you know, it's beats the yeah, yeah. twenty five minimum of Foxtel. Foxtel, absolute piece of shit service, yep. useless unless um, Unky Rupert. You want to uh, sponsor the show? In which case, I love Best Foxtel. Show ever. It's amazing. Oh my god! Foxtel Everything it stands tremendous. for. Um... Super League was tops, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I nearly threw up in my mouth saying that. Um, Hopawade versus the NRL. This is so fucking stupid. I, why Manly are digging in so hard to retain this? It's, it's like we've decided that Hopawade is going to be a you know coach in the junior level, and. No one's taken fucking now Hopawati office, you know, except for us. You know, we just like yeah, the NRL has no legal precedent to to, to take competition points and things like that, like they were kind of alluding to or threatening. Yes, that's true, but what I mean, of all the people to fucking dig your heels in on, they're fucking holding on to Hopawati for dear life. Well, you could have fucking held on to Jeff Tuvey with that kind of yeah, you know, yeah. I I think someone man, actually deserves respect. Pick pick your battles. Um... Yeah, you want to say, I mean, like, the us versus them thing's fantastic for Manly. I mean, we need it. We thrive on it. But don't use don't use up all your yeah. <laughs> all your credit, you know, exactly. all your fight in one in one nonsensical battle that doesn't need to be fought, exactly. I, don't, I don't think. I mean, fuck Hopawati. I mean, he's had so many, so many chances. And I mean, he's, he's a lovely guy for me. At the end time, I've spoke to him and everything. But, you know, you can't deny the loose shit that he's, you know, that happens to this day. Yeah, you'll have a you know you'll you fucking go a referee or something, or you'll do this and you know so no. Um, Bears takeover of Titans. Oh, two loserish tastes that taste loserish together. Yeah, um, the Bears that team under the table. Yeah, they they sort of pop their head up at the beginning of each season just to remind people that they used to be a club. Yeah, uh, and then they make a lot of noise about stuff that's in the works. And then they go away again until somebody plays. Just to keep like Singo interested or something, or maybe to like yeah. throw throw an extra bit of cash in there. Um, every year when yep. one of the teams takes their games to the Central Coast somewhere, yep, the Bears pop up again, and all of a sudden they're yep. a, a contender for a team. Yeah. Um, when the Bears existed, I felt I felt sorry for them. I mean, 
everyone's like, oh, it's, you know, it's a, it was you know, great rival for Manly. No, like, you know, Parramatta was a great rival for Manly back in the day because they actually won some games and they were a challenge. But Norths, I pity the fools. Like, that, it was sad that those losers being so loserish for their entire run and, like, just delivering so much losing to, to their fan base. And I actually felt sorry for them. Like, I feel like, like for Shark, like, I kind of got that feeling for Sharks fans now. If, fuck the Bears. Yeah, look, it... Fuck off. Dead set. You know, the Titans too. Fuck them off as well. <laughs> Extra buy for everyone. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Um, yeah, interestingly enough, uh, the the team on the Gold Coast obviously hasn't broken the records that the NRL thought it would. Yeah, um, but, but, but what made them think it would? Because not a single Gold Coast franchise in anything. All of the rugby league ones have been failures. Yep. Then you had the Blaze, which was a basketball franchise. Yep. They, I only know what they're called because I worked worked in advertising at the time and we did the branding for them and everything. Yep. Um, otherwise, I would have known they existed. Yeah. Um, there was some soccer team. What the fuck they were called, I don't even remember. But they had yeah. like the Clive Palmer thing. Yeah. And remember, they, would, they shut yeah. down the stadium, wouldn't let people in. That's to right, watch it. that's right, that's right. Whatever they were called, they're, you know, um, they're fucked up. You know. Yeah, even... And the Gold Coast, more than anywhere else in the country, is yeah. full of uh, people from other states. Yeah, and and it's people, it's people that you know are probably you know given given the, uh, a good product and everything. They're the type of people that aren't going to adopt a, a Gold Coast team as their team, but they might be a St George fan or someone who's you know re- relocated, retired to the. You know, and they, it's just a place yeah. where they they can go every fortnight and see a yeah. live game of footy. Yep, yep. I mean, That's it. yeah. So you know, and so again, it's you know you you look at instances. Um, my mum moved to the Gold Coast. Yep. And she did. She adopted the Titans. Yep. Uh, as her team. Yep. Um, did she have a team beforehand or it was just the... No, and I don't know whether it was just, you know, she wanted something to talk about or whether she's yep. got a secret cocaine habit that I don't know about. <laughs> um, but something about the Titans was, you know, local and community yep. and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but I'd say she's in the vast minority. Yeah, clearly. Because mm. uh, no one goes to their games, unfortunately. Mm. Um, I think I, I dare say I've, I've been to more Titans games <laughs> than 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 their number one member. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> I absolutely. Don't, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, yeah. one of those dudes is banging the drum down there like a chimp, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like that. My my point on the whole Queensland thing is they should have put the other team in Brisbane as well. Yeah, yeah. and I, th- I I think they can sustain it, and it didn't even need to be Western Corridor. But then you got the Chargers, the sorry, the um, Crushers situation. But that had a lot of extra context. Like they actually weren't, as far as I understand, they they weren't like financially terrible or anything like that. They were no. just a ca- just a casualty of you know sacrifices had to be made, much like the Hunter Mariners, and yep. you know to to bring the two you know back together again yep. after the Super League War. So, but they were real. They were very close for comfort though. Like you know being over at the Grange there or wherever that yeah. the Crushers yeah. Leagues was, and the Broncos just being like a Red Hill. I mean that's like you know you can fucking throw rocks at each other. But um yeah, but true. Look at Sydney. How many, yeah. how many yeah. teams, you know, it's yeah. a local competition that's gone national yeah. or close to national. Well, Sydney's not even the greatest example anyway because there's, none of the teams are, are super close to each other, like super, like that close, like a suburb away close. But yeah. look at that, look at, look at AFL though. And man, those, yeah. some of those clubs can spit, they're like, you know, they could spit on each other. Yeah. And they, and they, you and know, they get like 90,000 members, yeah, you know, like, so... so you know, there's, there's obviously cultural things with league that you know are very far behind in terms of like you know supporter, you know, active you know membership and you know yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. But 
you know, I figure it out. The membership numbers are going up year on, you know, year on year. You're looking at clubs now that, you know, like more than, you know, just your, your one city clubs getting, you know, mm. closer to 20,000 than not, you know. And your yeah. Tigers, yep. you know, was, Tigers were celebrating 5,000 the other week. So, you know, they got two supporter bases to draw from too. So it's pretty terrible. But... <laughs> doesn't have the same effect though just like shit on the Tigers yeah man I'm, I'm nodding my head here I, I know it's hard to tell that on a, yeah. in, in an audio medium but he's put uh, he's put here this is uh, still Berkeley underscore Eagle he's put here green turd boss of the NRL yes or no like why do you why are you asking me that question have I not made my position on Todd Greenberg perfectly crystal clear over the years for fuck's sake we inspired a song about him being a low life piece of shit yeah um I I think I think Toddy's position as the the Joseph Goebbels of the NRL is yep. is where he he stays. Um, it it is the most ironic job title in world sport having Ton Greenberg as the head of the integrity unit. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure that the boss of the NRL is a is a job that anyone with any sort of smarts, yep. really covets. And, and let's yep. face it, think of him what you will as a, as a human being. Greenberg's a pretty clued-on dude. Yeah, but, you know... Yeah. The laws of the country in, t- in regards to defamation <laughs> pre- prevent me from saying too much on this subject, but I disagree entirely, and I can't, I can't stand, I can't stand to bar the guy. Um, the, the the problem with the NRL, rugby league in general, and this is clubs and and the competition, is that it's run by, generally speaking, traditionally, it's been run by footballers, which is a fucking terrible way to conduct your business. Yeah. Um, it's like my wife has no fucking interest in rugby league whatsoever. Like she's been to probably fifteen games in her life, all of them dragged along the manly games with me, <laughs> including two thousand eight grand final. Um before, you know, the, the meet ups and everything, you know, kicked off for you know, so then, you, I, then, I, then I had, you know, a hundred friends to go to the games with. So you heard it here first, Twill Nation. Every manly games reported crowd numbers you can uh, realistically chop in half because half of them are poor spouses being dragged along. <laughs> Against, did, their, against just, their will. I'm just speaking personal. I'm just. I'm Ag- not talking about everyone. I'm talking about personal. Against their but, um, will to manly games. But just illustrate. She has no. She has no interest in rugby. But it, the amount of times she says to me, like, I'll, I'll tell her something that's happened that you know, manly or you know, something. She's going, because they, they don't run their. They, none of them run their shit like a business. Yep. They all. It's run run by non-business people who are out of their depth and they just don't think in terms of straight business. And I mean. There's definitely a place for like you know the old you know the old firm football guys, but you need to have hard nosed businessmen yeah. who are actually about not about old boys and things like that. They're actually about turning a fucking buck. Well, that you know, see like, that's what Gus is about. That's what yeah. Gus is all about. And he is an ex footballer, yeah. um, but he came into Penrith and he's all about. But he's actually a smart operator, and, and make, he's not. And he's not the only one making it a business. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, the NRL had Dave Smith. And Dave Smith, you know, was it the the first first um, launch he ever did? He did know Benji Marshall or Cameron Smith or someone. Yeah, they. Yeah, but yeah, you say all that, but at the end of the day, I think he did a great job. And the way that he went out, like where they with that, oh, he he was perfectly entitled to quit because he was getting absolutely fucked by the news limited media. Exactly. When, when he when he pulled the power move to cut Foxtel out of the yeah. uh, the NRL rights, you know, deal. 
does a massively ballsy move and the move and the news limited newspapers just like oh he's fucking terrible blah 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 he's done this he's botched this he's done that he steps down the deal gets done and massive deal yeah. gets done yeah and everything and as, as far as I'm concerned his legacy is is yeah, fantastic and it's just it's such just such bullshit he he did more for the game yeah. in two months with that Foxtel business than David Gallup did in his entire career yeah uh, and and um, Smith was ex was he Bank of Scotland? Yeah, yeah, he's definitely so, from a finance so background. So he is from a business background. Yeah, uh, he understands how to get stuff done. Yeah, and when when you get somebody from a large multinational finance company who looks at an organisation and says, "No nah, man, too much politics for me." Yeah, that's way 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 fucked. Yeah. Okay, and so in summary, Greenberg boss of the NRL. No, please. Uh, where are we? Um, Freak09 said, uh, Pierce, Foxtel's new coverage, top player transfers, the bunker, and the Titans Bears. We've done Titans Bears. Pierce will uh, we'll get to the more you know more current version of that story. Mm. Foxtel's new coverage, tremendous. I mean, we spoke about that a bit too, but yeah, I'll be watching every Foxtel game. I think it's fantastic. Um you know, it's a couple of good things have come in over the off season, like you know the high def and, and, yep. and you know the yep, simulcast. Yep. So no, it's been it's been good. I mean, I still still yearning for like that NFL Game Pass equivalent online experience, where you know where you could you know, subscribe to just your team's games or all the games. Yeah, you know, like and and just the amount of backstage stuff, uh, backstage you know, behind the scenes yeah. stuff and. Yeah, all that content that would be tremendous. But you know, we are coming from a long way behind in terms of the digital side of things. So you know, any forward progress is 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 good, and I'm sure we'll get there. And hopefully, we get there in half the time. Yep. Uh, top player transfers. God, now now I'm trying to think about what happened before the end of the season, and what you know sort of happened over that off season. Obviously, Dylan Walker to Manly was a great one. Um, yeah, man, they bought incredibly well in the off-season. Yeah, I mean, he was like the only one that was kind of like after the season was done and yeah. dusted kind of thing. Yeah. Um, awesome pickup, very happy with that. Um, James Roberts to the Broncos. I was going to say James sensational. Roberts was, yep. And, I, and I, I know I've got this as a point to make later on when we're talking about teams for the next season or for this season, but James Roberts, I mean, he's, he's not the most amazing player in the world, but in attack, he's a weapon. And on, on the back of players that can, you know, put him into half a bit of space... It's fucking shut the gate. I mean, no matter how many tries did you see he score where he's playing for the Titans who offer nothing to nobody and he'd uh, they'd be meandering around 10 metres out from their own try line and he'd pick the ball up and dummy half scoot across yeah. the field, straighten up and then he'd shut the gate. You know? And Wayne Bennett's won premierships with the, the strategy of having good defensive players cover glaring defensive holes in their lineup. Yep. Darren Lockyer, I'm looking at you. Darren Lockyer's a yeah, perfect... Um, so yeah, you know, everyone's saying that he's a, a liability out wide. I think he'll go close to being the uh, yeah, transfer of the yeah, well, yeah, yeah, he is. But I mean, I'm sure they'll cover that aspect up, and also I'm sure that people like Milford are going to be able to fucking put him in the little you know tiny crack he needs to you know yeah. shut the gate you know yeah. length of the field, and and the and like before people think I'm giving too much credit to the Broncos. I'm saying too many nice things about the Broncos. What I was I'm going to say again later is that that James Roberts. Also patches up the biggest liability in the Broncos' side, Justin Hodges. Yep, spot on. Or Justin Hodges' knee, to be specific. Search, search your hearts, Bronco fans. Now it's all over and done and dusted and he's gone. Search, you know, just just think back and just think about the real value, especially in the grand final. Yeah. Fucking awful. 
Yeah. I mean, Ben Hunt, you know, obviously got all the, all, all the uh, plaudits for being awful. But yeah, Justin Hodges, he wasn't there in that game either. You know, so... Just so you know, Tater underscore Chips, I want to hear about how Para will win the grand final by 40-plus, and you will say it like you mean it. Spudsy, you're not my dad, and I will not say that shit at all. They won't make the grand final, and spoiler alert, they won't even make the finals at all. Yeah, no. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. No, I think uh, Parramatta have got some new players. Um, Yeah. They bought well. How's their hamstrings? I guess we'll find out. Yeah, that's it. Um, it never ceases to amaze me. The beginning of every season, yeah. player transfers is all that it takes for sides to automatically become favourites be, pre- to win be premiership yeah. contenders. Yep. You know, you, you've well, in some well. cases, that's actually true. Like, I mean, it, you know, sometimes they do, you know, put a missing piece of the puzzle together that yeah. does get, you know, but they do. But these are teams that that haven't been performing yeah. for a long time. Generally, as organisations, they're failures, and yeah. they've got a, still a lot of poor players in there that have to get dragged in the wake of this marquee signing. But he, even with even with very, very good players, it's going to take them a while to gel. Yeah, you know, exactly. In, in prominent positions in your spine, yep. it's going to take a little while to gel. So all of a sudden, oh yeah, he signed a contract, doesn't turn the team into a premiership force. Exactly. Sorry, para fans. And the addition of Jennings is very, is, it's a fucking great, great addition. Don't get me wrong, but uh, yeah, yeah, calm down. Yeah, the problem is with the, with sides like that that have been starved of success for so long. They're looking for the instant fix. Yeah, they need to be from thirteenth or you know some lower position on the ladder, and then they've got to get in the eight next year. Yeah. You know, it is perfectly creditable if you've got a, a absolute fucking diabolically shit organisation like Parramatta has. To go from like a shit position on the ladder, and then maybe go to ninth and have a crack at the, the crack at the finals. Yep. Then the next year, try building on that. Get up to about sixth or seventh. Build towards something, and not just like go spend all their bickies, go from thirteenth to ninth, and then shit the bed, spoon the next year. You know, just try and yeah, you know, patience. That's what I'm trying mm-hmm. to. It's that same patience. Uh, Mario Sieg said uh, where's the DJX playing ladder comp I'll just put that in there so I can address it uh, it's coming as per last season there will be a round three cutoff. so it's kind of it's kind of good in that respect because we're going to give our positions this show and they're going to be the ones that are entered in to the, to the system on our behalf whereas everyone else is going to have the opportunity to sort of see like for example last year I said the Dragons were going to come last and those cunts won the first three games. As far as uh, as far as I remember, I think they won more than the first three games. They had quite a... And I think Newcastle as well. I think they won the first four games. Yeah, weren't Newcastle and, March uh, Premiers? Yeah, yeah, I think they were March Premiers. So, um, yeah, when you get to two rounds of action, you've got a slight little advantage there because trends won't have developed, but you'll have some teams that are undefeated, some teams that have, you know, uh, surprised, you know that are surprisingly undefeated, some teams that were uh, surprisingly winless, uh, yeah, that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, benefits all for you guys. Uh, and it's coming, it's coming, and uh, we'll, we'll uh, hit you with details of how to enter that. So figure out your figure out your, your season ranking now, and uh, be ready when the time comes to uh, plug them in. Uh, where are we? Mad Dog underscore no space. How good will it be when the Gold Coast Bears come in? Taylor sacked as Tigers coach, then takes the Bears job. Fairy tale stuff. Though I had the one point I didn't make about the Bears thing as well is they, this is they can't be the Bears either. The precedent was set when the Titans wanted to be called the Dolphins and the Redcliffe Dolphins that's stopped right. it. That's right. And yeah. you got the Burley Bears down there in the Q Cup, like yep, just around the true. corner. That's so very true. yeah, they're not going to be the Bears anyway. So what are they going to call themselves? 
don't know, are they Titans just under new ownership or do they just try and make an entirely new branding or something that's got like a combination of Bears stuff and Titan stuff? Because as bad as the Northern Eagles combinations yeah, the... and everything were, can you imagine putting like fucking aqua and, and yellow with blue, <laughs> with oh, sorry, red and black? Yeah, and uh, well, what, what, what were the Steelers and the Dragons? The Steel Dragons? Oh, it's, you know, that's just... Yeah, that that is basically just the there's just the dragons. That, that that was not a merger. Yeah, that was, that was, a, that was a hostile takeover. <laughs> and, uh, there's there's nary a nary a, a relic of uh, of Illawarra left in except their coach. Um, what do we got here? Certified Pete at Certified Pete. Uh, he's he's listed a couple of things from the off season to talk about. Who killed Charlotte? I don't. I'm going to be a referential retard there. That went right over my head. Oh, too. mate, that's no, is that make is that making murder a thing? That Netflix thing. I don't know. I don't know. Is Ray a Kenobi or a Skywalker? Look, I'm hoping for neither. I think it's. I, I. I don't like the situation where everybody has to be related to everybody else. Let's just say. Let's let's just have a situation where hey, guess what? Someone from outside the Skywalker extended family is uh, you know. I hope she's Chewie's. I hope it comes out that at some yeah, stage, yeah. Chewie was in the back of the Millennium Falcon just absolutely railing some poor bitch. And um, <laughs> that the the offspring of that was Ray. Well, so, you know, you have to see, what's the, where's the Chewie influence in her looks? I mean, she must have like some sort of raging 70s bush or something. Well, she's got brown hair, yeah. It's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they, they walk past and she's on the can and she farts and it just goes <laughs> how good is Star Wars though <laughs> seriously how good is Star Wars I've seen that movie four times oh, in the cinema that's great <laughs> I fucking loved it um, The Rubens really look truth be told I'd never heard that song before it won the hottest 100 I had to go on Spotify and look it up yeah no I'm not 17 anymore yeah, so it's I, not uh, my that's not my radio station anymore. So it's it's it seems it seems kind of churlish to to go. Oh, you know yeah. the, the songs they pick the shit. Of course, they songs they pick the shit because they're songs for kids. Yeah, exactly. It's not songs for real people who like real music anymore. Oh no, <laughs> we've hit that stage, haven't we? <laughs> Mate, they, I don't know who said it, but it's like you. They, the, 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 I don't know what the quote was, but the paraphrase it was basically like, you know, you listen to the music. You listened to when you were, you know, twenty or something like forever, that. forever. Yeah, exactly. okay. And yep. I'll tell you, if my 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 golden shit Spotify playlist is like, if it's not packed from stuff from about nineteen ninety five to two thousand, it's stuff by bands from that time and maybe subsequent yeah. album releases. Yeah. After, you know, after that era. Yeah. And yeah, there is new stuff added in there here and there, but. <clears throat> Like this day, I still just like to smash like you know, no effects and yeah, all that sort of stuff <laughs> all, all day, all day, every day, and like old hip hop too. Like, like you know, I like so, some of the new stuff like Kendrick and stuff. But honestly, the golden yeah, you can't get the, past the, you know, the golden age back yeah. in there, like Park and Biggie and all that sort of stuff. So, and that and that era and a lot of stuff that people you know would never have heard of, like the goats and stuff like that, which are very um, unknown hip hop from the probably early to mid nineties. They're just amazing. Um, look them up, guys. Tricks of the Shades, the album you want. Uh, what do we got here? Is Scully an alien? Look, 
I'm going to get on the record and say I'm not an X-Files person. I did watch the TV show a little bit, but I, I jumped off many seasons before the, the conclusion and haven't seen the movie. The other night, on Channel 10 or something, was watching something, and um, the X-Files come on after that. And so I was, I was just sitting there, it was just on, and I was just like, you know, on Twitter or something, so I didn't really care what was on TV. And um, I was watching it, and I was like, well, this is really fucking terrible. Just for some context, it was an episode where uh, some Muslim guys blew up something, like suicide bombers, and one of them was like in a coma, and there were different, there was another team of FBI, you know, partners, and one of the guys was a dreamer, like, you know, like Mulder, and the other one was a, you know, hardcore scientific sort of person, like Scully, and they both had their different plans, and, and Mulder ended up taking, you know, mushrooms to reach a level where he could communicate with this guy in the coma to get information out of him while he's lying there, you know, in, in a coma. Yeah, okay. Okay. And, um, yeah, wasn't good, eh? No. Can somebody... So, I don't care if Scully's an alien. I just think I'd just get it off the air. If anyone in the Twill Nation out there is a is an X-File... E? What do you call them? X-File, like it's X-P-H-I-L-E. Yeah, an X-Filophile. Like a pedophile, except with an X instead of pedo. Wow. Your search history's got to be fucked. Um... <laughs> If anyone out there is an ex-filophile, then uh, hit us up. Give us a a three-tweet rundown yeah. of the story of the X-Files. Um, oh, you know the story of the X-Files, though. Uh, what, it was the 90s and there was a lot of money going around? Well, it started, it started, it started off like a... Um, just like a monster of the week sort of thing. Like, you know, they'd go, there'd be some weird happening somewhere and they'd go and investigate it and invariably... Moller would take the position that it was, you know, like fantastical or, you know, you know, some sort of, you know, weird angle. Yeah, Mulder like, you know, was don't rule anything out. Supernatural sort of thing, and where yeah. Scully would have a person perfectly rational. But that question, is, is Scully an alien? I didn't even know she could be an alien. I didn't know I that think was on she the got, cards. I th- my understanding is that, you know, like maybe she caught a load off an alien or something. She's got like some alien shit in her that she fears is, is dormant and she fears may you know one day transform her or do something to her like, burst you know, out of her stomach and run across the ship until Sigourney Weaver kills it what yeah okay put her out the fucking airlock that's it so, <laughs> so, someone give us the lore of the X-Files yeah catch me up um, and finally Soundwave's balance sheet so disappointing that Soundwave situation but I'm so relieved because uh, main one a Canadian Doug who's a, you know he was a guest host on This Week in League within the first 10 episodes of the show very very early on in the piece he um he's usually my festival buddy and um yeah we shred together and stuff and then you know go to stereo well, no we'd go to Soundwave and go to the metal ones but um we were literally talking the week before like fuck are we going this year and and we'd made the decision yep there's enough on the bill now we're definitely going and then for whatever reason it didn't happen and thank fuck because people had some trouble getting their money back for a while there wow so, yeah, that's the end of Soundwave. And I mean, you know, I fear for, you know, live heavy music because I don't think we'll see the likes of that again, like something so big with so much stuff to cater to, you know, so many different types of tastes. Because, mm. um, like, yeah, Big Day Out's gone. And I mean, that would, you know, kind of went shithouse in the last, you know, half dozen years anyway. Um, and, you know, what else is there? I mean, now it's you, it's hard for bands. It's hard to find a tour that, you know, brings out sort of four or five bands. Like as one sort of super bill, you know, even that sort of stuff is becoming there you less go. frequent. There you go, kiddies. Any musicians out there, unless people can take drugs to your music and doof doof away, 
don't bother doing anything. Yep. Because there's no uh, platform out there for you. No cash in it. That's it. Don't do anything unless there's money in it. <laughs> Get rid of your hopes and dreams. <laughs> Sell out early. <laughs> Get a job, you fucking long-haired hippies. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and that segues perfectly into music industry with a tweet from um, our pal Sean Diviny of uh, Shortstack, who's also one of the uh, one of the great Spicks and Specs guests. They always seem to play his episode as well. But he tweeted, said uh, he wants to hear how it's Paris year. And uh, but seriously, love to hear your thoughts on the Bears Titan merger rumor and what the game needs to do in 2016. Okay, like we've established, Sean, that it's not Paris year. So you, the earlier you can start to you know work on coming to terms with that, the better the year's going to go for you. If you want to steal yourself for being out of contention by July, that'd be great. <laughs> I think if para fans keep keep their uh, expectations low, yep. it might be Paris year to get on the right track. And that would be, for me, if I were a fan of a team that's a shambles like that, cause I, don't, I can't really relate, I don't understand yeah. it. But if if I was, I would imagine that you wouldn't, I'm trying to put myself back like in the, the just coming out of the Northern Eagles debacle stage. And I remember I just, all I wanted, I remember I'd go to games where, you know, when Broncos were playing out of like, you know, QE2, mm. at Mount Cravat, or Sunnybank, wherever you call it. And, um... I remember going to games like that and they'd get fucking smashed like by 30 and I didn't even care like it was just so you know, I was happy to have them back but also you could see then the next year you know when and uh, and, and Des they won the first six games of the season because Des just yeah. had them playing like you know five one, one off the ruck five tackles kick on the six just possession no risk nothing yeah. and they won like the first six games of the season based on that and then you could see a constant incremental improvement and I mean sure there was a massive jump from you know like when they got into the grand final and then they won the grand final but there was a period of years there where you could see things improving where they just scrape into finals and they got a bit further you know and then they get knocked out in the second week and then you know, then they get to grand I mean you can see and that's all you as a fan that's all you really want to see I mean you want to have a successful team but if you're if you're following a team that's shit and has been shit for a, a you know a fair long time then I'd, I would say I would be delighted with consistent improvement building upon the previous yeah. season that's all it para fans I really think you'll be doing yourself a world of good if you lower your expectations and I don't mean that in a snarky way I, I honestly mean if I look you, at his face he doesn't mean it in a snarky way no if you if you bring it back to well okay we've got some some new playmakers we've got some strike power out wide now offloaded that um, dud what mate yeah uh, there's some potential there yeah and as long as you can see it moving in the right direction Week to week, I think the team deserves your support. Oh, I think yeah, that's, that's a problem. They'll they'll support them no matter what, but they'll they'll bitch about it. And, yeah. Facebook, great story came through, and it wasn't from me in Saguna, by the way. So I'm inclined to believe it's 100 percent true. <laughs> Mitch Doyle again, who tweeted us, he tweeted us earlier, but uh, Facebook this morning, I think it was, he got on Twitter and said, oh, yeah, he tweeted something about that he ran into Jamal Idris, and lovely guy, and he's got the story, he got the lowdown about the Vietnam thing. I said, fucking email me. So he, he sent us a Facebook message through the day. Met Jamal Idris in a bar. Couldn't have been a nicer bloke. Jokes around, very polite, and most importantly, doesn't skip out on buying around. When he told us about being kidnapped, I was quite a few drinks in. The music was really loud, and there was this one chick in a tight white one-piece who couldn't make it stop riding halfway up her ass, so I was only half paying attention. Apparently, it was his first day in Saigon. He went walkabout and was asking people for directions to various places. One dude told him the place he was looking for was close, so just follow him. 
let him down some back streets and into a group of like 10 to 15 blokes with two by fours with spikes in them and sharpened bamboo spears and ships. <laughs> they surrounded him, threatened to do a bunch of shit to him if he didn't go to an ATM to empty his bank account. When he, walked, when he was walked back into town to the ATM by a guy who allegedly had a gun, in quotes, which he never saw, the dude was keeping his hand hidden, they went past a small alleyway, so he grabbed the little dude by the pants and collar and threw him down the alley before <laughs> sprinting off down the main street, did some ducking and weaving down some streets with Marcus and shit down them before flying a taxi and getting a ride out of there. Scary shit scale, 9 out of 10. That ass, though, 10 out of 10. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> There you go. That's that's the story of Jamal Idris uh, disappearing from his Contiki tour, and uh, like ten, a a plus t- retelling of the tale too, and uh, and and that's all true. It's 100% you know the shitty true. thing. He probably showed more heart in that fend of the little bloke and the sprint <laughs> to the taxi than he did at his whole time at the Panthers. Oh, maybe maybe you know like a, a scout would have seen him over there and signed him to a contract, yeah. a de- development contract. <laughs> you know how they found like Semi and you know, Ed owned a bully and. <laughs> But um, and a new a new segment this year, which uh, after after very little discussion, uh, we're going to go with this week in Luke Dawn. <laughs> um, this year we're going to bring back some uh, some Super League love for you guys, even if um, the World Club Challenge once again proved the abject failure of the evil oppressors to to rugby league at any level. Like, <laughs> the shit the shit's getting embarrassing. I mean, it's I mean, our excuse for losing is. It's the preseason, like we've, you know, the guys are only just, you know, ramping up for the the competition yep, proper. Yep, the yep. Combinations aren't settled. A lot of young players, you know, that kind of thing. They're not, you know, massively full strength size and so forth. Unless, except for the actual World Club Challenge clash itself, usually they try and go a bit uh, full strength on that. And the Cowboys certainly did. But the English, are, they're into their league. They're good to go. And then we beat them by. I don't know. I know. I knew I'd regret it because I, I knew I'd forget, but. The, the fucking balance sheet of four and against yeah three games total combined yeah it wasn't even close just embarrassed the 30 point wins you know across the board um yeah but ESL is I mean I'm just observing on Twitter I mean it's it's definitely you know that there's there's definitely value to the you know to that competition in terms of entertainment and stuff like that yeah so um, see, uh, sure it can't compete with oh. us but Old Jimmy Tamau learned that you should probably read the rule book fairly closely before you go over there. Old Jimmy Tamau, <laughs> old Jimmy Tamau, well, he, I, I said this on Twitter at the time, but I think he was a victim of the of the NRL's rules. He went, he you know, gave gave some cheek, gave a bit of a you know a bit of a, a slap and facial. That's it. Everyone's Thinking, a hard man. Well, knowing, well, just know, knowing because like this, you kind of like the Mick Ennis credo, that, but knowing that now. If that other guy throws a punch at you, he's going off. Yeah. And the thing is, our mate didn't give a fuck. Exactly. Yeah, he did go off after fucking dropping him <laughs> with a right. And, <laughs> and so, and but I, I truly think that Tamau was, his mindset was that he, play, he plays the rules where, yeah. where you're not going to get retaliation punched because it's far too important a game for someone to be sent to the sin yep. for 10 minutes. And sorry, mate, you weren't playing in the NRL. <laughs> <laughs> and and no, I think a fuck just dropped you. Um, yeah, to Tam out to his credit bounced up pretty quickly, but I mean, you know, that was still ten eight round. Um, so yeah, with the, you know, in the spirit of bringing some uh, Super League love for everyone, uh, we're going to team up with Super League Pod, which is a great Pommy podcast that was initially inspired by us back in the day. I remember they were tweeting saying, "Yeah, inspired by our our filthy mouths." They decided to start up a, a, a an ESL centric podcast. 
And um, they've been doing it. This is great. They've been doing it for a couple of years now. I think this is their third year. Or they've done. They've got three years under their belt. I think it's their third year. And um, I know there's a lot of you listeners that, that listen to their show already. Uh, if you don't already, I, I'd, I'd urge you to do so. But um, they're going to give us a wrap up. Real quick wrap-up of the week's events over uh, in the Super League. Uh, if you want to get onto their show, though, search for Super League Pod on iTunes or Spreaker and uh, give them a follow at Super League Pod on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, Twill Nation approved podcast. Get in there and uh, over to Mark and Tom for their first edition of This Week in Luke Dawn. Welcome along to the Super League Pods little segment. My name's Tom, and I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Mark. Say hello to the nice people, Mark. G'day. Ah, very good. And, uh, yeah, greetings from your colonial overlords up here in the Northern Hemisphere. Each week, we're going to be bringing you a quick rundown of what's been going on in the ESL. So, uh, what's uh, what's been happening, Mark? Well, um, the first game of the week this week was Hull FC against... Castleford, uh, being led by the only non-Polynesian to give blood, to give Glenn a wet dream wasn't enough for Gareth Ellis' Hull FC, um, as the legend Luke Dawn saw his side home with a 31-24 win, uh, helped largely by his wingers Denny Solomon and Jai Hitchcock, it has to be said. And then over at Wigan at the same time on a Thursday night, it was an Eristream night for both the on-field referee and also the video referee. And again, it saw Wigan come out by 20 points to 16 as victors over the Salford Red Devils. Notable for their inclusion of Robert Louis, who has taken to Super League defences like he takes to his wife on a mad Monday recently. But uh, if, like us, you think he's a bit of a prick, you can take a look at our website, which is or the, uh, the charity website that we're running, which is justgiving.com forward slash Super League pod stands up and we can all tell Robert Louis what a massive prick we think he is. Yeah, over at Warrington on Friday night, Chrissy Sandow is turned out to have his one in three season where he actually turns up and the early signs are good for him. Two tries and an assist in Wires, 34-16 win over Wakefield, ably assisted by the future immortal asterisk, Kirk Gidley. Yeah, and I'm sure you're all wondering where Terry Campesi spends his physio time these days. For your information, it's on the physio table at Hull Kingston Rovers. They took on St Helens this weekend over in Hull and capitulated by 31 points to 22 in a game that was marked by the return from injury of one James Roby, England hooker extraordinaire. Uh, over in France on Saturday, the Coltrane, the Coltrane has finally arrived at Perpignan Station as the Fat Touchy scored two tries and romped to 160 metres to see Catalan beat Leeds 32-28, narrowly avoiding a slaughterhouse visit after two woeful games. Uh, and also Big Willie shook off the driving rain long enough for two short 10-minute bursts as well. Final game of the weekend saw surprise tabletoppers witness run out 36 points to 18 victors away at Huddersfield. Uh, Bulldogs fans might be keen to, or happy, or interested in some way to learn that Corey Thompson now plays up at the Vikings and bagged a couple of tries. And Huddersfield, whilst being notorious for not actually having any Antipodeans in their team, have given Ryan Hinchcliffe a crack at Super League and also finding out what it's like to play on a losing side for a change. Yeah, so after round three, uh, all that leaves... Witness Warrington and Wigan tied at the top and uh, reigning champions leads rock bottom and winless as the real Adam Cuthbertson begins to stand up. And so in the spirit of ESL love, you need to adopt a team. Do you have a team that you kind of sort of follow or do you have a team or not at all? Or? I don't. Um, this can be homework. 
this can be homework. I'm going to go and find out which... Who and why. That's which washed-up NRL player yeah. I want to support yeah. uh, and find out where they're playing. Yeah. And that will be my team. Yeah, see, me personally, I'm all about the Catalan Dragons. For a couple of reasons. It's it seem, it's sort of been over the years like a retirement home for Manly players. Yep. Like after after his Bradford time finished, Beave went over there and killed it for a couple of years with the Dragons. Yep. Um, you know, Glenn Stewart, but also the fucking fat touchy Dave Taylor. <laughs> Todd Carney. I mean, explosively, the, 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 the chance, the risk of just outrageously entertaining so shit hang on, happening. So that, Dave moment, Taylor got a hat trick last week. They've got Dave Taylor. Yeah. They've got Todd Carney. Glenn Stewart. Glenn Stewart. And more. Okay. Plus some, you know... There you go. Some. Let's just make them the team of the show, just for simplicity's sake. There you go, on the Dragons. And look, you know, they're not going to give the competition a shake, I don't think, but... Touch, fat touch, you got a hat-trick. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, look, I mean, I've, you know, I've given that guy some shit over, over, over the years. Yeah, and 100% of it was deserved. But that game for the Titans against the Dragons when like they were Dragons were trying to get in the finals and Manly were trying to get in the finals and Dragons had to lose <laughs> and fucking Dave Taylor put on that clinic and scored a couple of tries and just did some you know had some fights and just did a whole bunch of gronk shit it was just it's supremely entertaining and uh you know, a competition like the English Super League, it's just perfect for wow, absolute donkey yeah. like that. I mean, yeah. they turned they turned uh, you know Cuthbertson into a you know offloading and you know and player. Oh god! Like, you know, okay. that, you know that actually you know that sticks and like I'm yeah I'm I'm all I'm all about the, you know I'm, I'm riding the coal train all the way <laughs> all the way to the fucking Eiffel Tower, son. <laughs> Okay, now just some general news. Wow, this, this is a segment that's gone along. We've got to rush through the rest of the stuff. Like, there's not much else to get through. Um, the Straight Out of Tool Nation shirts, fuck a pre-order. I'm just going to make them for the people who've ordered them. If you've ordered one, congratulations, you're going to get one. If you haven't, your window's closing. You've got like a week. It's really just, I'm so fucking busy this year. It's just, I just need to get to-do items off my list. So they're not taking up mental space in my head and, you know, draining me. So that's one that's getting out. Boom. Memberships. There's been a lot of discussion about what the memberships will contain this year and not a lot of resolutions. However, um, a couple of the smaller items have been decided already, which I won't reveal just now. Um, but the large, you know, we do a larger piece like last year, you know, we had like the scarf and beanie thing and then the year before, I think it was a shirt. Yep. Um, so the larger piece is up for debate. Now, thoughts that uh, have been uh, thought of, strangely enough, uh, included uh, a hoodie. or like a, I'd go a zip-up hoodie. I prefer zip-up hoodies. Or a, a basketball-style jersey which would be pretty awesome. I've got the Manly basketball jersey. It's great. Um, but they need to be investigated for pricing. And I've done some some investigations today, in fact. Uh, hit up a couple of people. Found people who know people as well that can maybe get us a rate or maybe like reduce the rate that we pay in, in exchange for sponsorship or something so we can make them affordable for the memberships. Um, the thing is, hoodies and basketball jerseys tend to run more expensive than you know, than, than what the membership, you know, would probably hold. And I don't really want to raise the price of it so much. So I'm kind of thinking that maybe we do the basketball jersey and the hoodie because some people might be a hoodie person and, you know, some people might want both. Some people might love basketball jerseys and want to get one. Some people are like, fuck that, you know, I've got no guns. You know, just, uh, <laughs> the sun is not out and the guns are not out and I'm not wearing a basketball jersey under any circumstances. So, you know, you might be that kind of person. That's fine too. So maybe this is what I'm thinking perhaps the membership itself rather than the big item have like a 
you know, like a like a redeemable voucher that covers like all or most of your selection one. You know what I mean? You choose which one you want. You know. Yep. So, um, yet to be finalised. I'm very hopeful that I, I contacted ISC about the basketball jerseys and their prices. If like you know the, the entire member base got a basketball jersey, they're not as bad as I thought. They're like the act. They're they're like about five bucks away from going saying yep. saying stamp it. So I'm gonna try and work on them and see if I can get it down. Got some other basketball shirts uh, contacts through through Twill Nation members. And I think very confident that we can do a good deal there. And now they'll also do hoodies for us as well. And they're really, really good quality ones. So I hope they come through for us. Um, but if that's the case, maybe it'll be like, you know, you can choose choose in your membership pack. But at the very least, we'll, um, you know, try and sort something out so that, uh, you know, you can have your choice. I mean, I'm not under any illusions. These things are definitely more expensive than a scarf or a t-shirt. Um, but yeah, promising signs so far. Um, shout out to former guest host of the show, Sam, aka Mr. Underscore Wars on Twitter, for just completing the uh, Tokyo Marathon. And the most impressive part is that that completes his set of uh, world major marathons and him being the only the eighth Australian to do the set. Shit. It's pretty fucking cool, eh? Eight, eight Australians. Eight Australians, yeah. Like, cause, so, because these majors, like the Tokyo and like things like Boston and stuff like that, they're... Like, I can, get into, I can go to the New York Marathon and I can do it and it'll take me four and a half hours to do it and, you know, lardy fucking da. But things like London and those ones, you actually have to meet a qualifying time criteria to get in there so you can't, you're not fucking Eight around. You're a, serious, you're a serious runner. We are a nation of lazy cunts. Yeah, so you need so so basically the the way I see it, I mean, with my extensive knowledge of distance running and the and the people who partake in it, um, it's basically like Robert DiCastella, Steve Monaghetti, some can't, some other can't, um, some guy, guy did that thing that time, old mate, and then Sam. Sam, it's pretty fucking impressive, man. Gee, and I guarantee you, Rob DiCastella yep. never travelled around Europe in a fucking camper van, not showering for something ridiculous yep. like six weeks while he trained for marathons. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you and your lack of commitment, Rob D. Costello. Now you're doing fucking multivitamin ads. Uh, I was going to say, Sam don't need no vitamins. Yeah. He well done. On, he lives on tin tuna, carrots, and fucking sexual deviancy. Well done, brother. It, it was a big achievement, uh, even bigger one, now that I know you're only the the eighth Australian. Yeah, it blew, so. blew me away because, I mean, I, I know that um, at Simone's work, there's, at my wife's work, there's a, a t- there's a, the family that own the company, are um, they're all very 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 into running but see because you know some of the family are you know like in their 20s and some are in their 40s and then the, the ones that don't come they're like in you know probably in mm. their 60s the ones in the 60s obviously aren't running for time so they're not doing these major ones i mean they do they've done marathons on every continent so mm. they've done the antarctica one a couple of times and things yeah. like that but they're not doing these major ones that are like you know they'll do like the comrades one which is like you know the 80k one in south africa they'll do that stuff but they're not doing these ones where you need a qualifying time to get into yeah, you know, so it's fucking impressive, man. It's like no, closest uh, closest I'll get to a marathons when the new House of Cards season comes out. <laughs> when they when they series drop Daredevil season two in a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, and speaking of Sams, I mean the the Sams in in Twill Nation are fucking impressive humans. I mean, as shit as the Mitches are and the Mitch eyes and the Matt eyes, you know, aren't much better. Let's be real, Sams. Are fucking killing it. The Sam eyes are killing it for everybody. Um, got a shout out to uh, Sam Hayward, who yesterday won a fucking Oscar for sound mixing on Mad Max Fury Road. Now he'll tell you if you, if you talk to him, he'll say, "Look, I was just part of the team that did sound mixing, and it's the department heads that get the the actual trophy and that kind of thing." But as far as I'm fucking concerned, that's, that's his it. Oscar. It's his Oscar or yours. 
All his, I mean, yeah, you know, did you see the Oscars this year? No. When the people, when the winners would get up this year, presumably to cut down the amount of shit talking when they're doing their speech, as they're going up to the stage, there's like a little ticker across the bottom saying, you know, the 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 winners would like to thank blah 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 blah, and like so his name was up there. So, nice man. work. He goes in. He goes into the uh, the esteemed pantheon of award-winning Nation <laughs> members like Matt Lenevez. I mean, Oscar's better than a Logie too, just quietly. Wouldn't that have been the greatest place in the world over Twill Nation, Beanie? Fucking Oscars! If you're going up there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, you get like a little one, like it's like a tuxedo, uh, yeah, a tuxedo <laughs> beanie. News, okay, uh, just a couple of stories, because you know, we talked about the off-season stuff a little bit, but um, two stories are kind of you know related in, in their own way. Um, Mitchell Pearce, of course, he's been stripped of the Sydney Roosters co-captaincy and suspended from their leadership group, but the club's board have deferred a decision on a suspension while they consider penalties imposed on other NRL players involved in incidents. Uh, Pierce faced teammates for the first time since the Australia Day video that's threatened his career. Uh, he's, he was cleared to return to training next Monday, but no date has been set for him to resume playing. It's believed that the Roosters feel a ban of between two and four NRL matches would be appropriate. While there have been calls for him to be banned for life or the rest of the season over his drunken antics which are filmed and sold to media outlets, Roosters officials are likely to argue he was not involved in any criminal or violent act. In comparison, Cronulla fullback Valentine Holmes was merely suspended from the NRL Nines after being arrested in Brisbane over an incident at a taxi rank, while John Sutton lost the South Sydney captaincy after being charged with an assault in the United States last off-season. A statement issued by the Roosters on Monday night said the club's board had noted that Pearce had missed the Nines, the World Club Series match against St. Helens in England, an off-season training camp in Dubai, and Sunday's opening round premiership match against Souths. He was also entered his, uh, entering his second month without any training or involvement with the club. After four weeks in an intensive rehabilitation facility, Mitchell's well-being remains paramount, new Rooster CEO John Lee said. On the basis of medical advice received by the club and subject to the satisfactory assessment of his continuing rehabilitation, Mitchell will resume training at the club from Monday, March 7. So, um, and Pierce, Pierce obviously had, he, front, he fronted the media, he fronted the media and he took a lot of, um, you know, he, he, he took his lumps, I thought. Um, he's, same with his teammates as well. Um, so look, you know, I'm not inclined to have a redemption story or anything like that. You know, it's almost poisonous to to this show. They're just the mere suggestion of redemption stories. But I feel like he's he is sort of copying it. He is sort of copying it sweet at a satisfactory level at the moment. I'm sort of kind of I'm I'm happy with the level of contrition he's displaying and all that sort of thing. So what remains to be seen is the punishment and how that all works. Yeah, I've seen everything in the media from four weeks up to uh, there's an article on uh, on news dot com saying twelve weeks. Yeah. The the NRL want want twelve weeks for him. Uh, I've got a, a bit of an issue with already all of these old precedents are coming out. Yeah. It's been no secret that the NRL has been way 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 too light on these sort of yep. indiscretions previously, so I don't think the excuse of "oh, well, you were soft before, you have to be soft now," yeah, is one that should hold water. I'm not yep. saying it won't, and yep. it'll probably come down to that. Unfortunately, um, the other issue I have is that the NRL are sitting there waiting for the club to tell them what they're going to do. Yep. 
Yeah. Uh, I really think that they need to step up. Well, I think they. I think it is good that if they, they give the, ch- the the club the chance to do the right thing, and then you know, and then the club is appropriately, you know, hard on the punishment, then they can say, okay, great, that's what we wanted. We're giving you the chance. We're giving you a little bit of rope here to do the right thing, and if you don't do the right thing, then we're going to fucking put our own term yeah. of suspension on there, and you're not going to fucking like what we do. But all that does is it plays out in the media. The club were too soft, and then it was the angle. Mm. The club don't want this, and the club is soft, and this, and the NRL is going to come in. And, you know, you you look at, and as much as it loathes me to say it, the the cojones on the the Queensland Emerging Origin side, yeah, with just I mean, a zero tolerance yeah. for, uh, and and that's a genuine yeah, wonder, pathway well, to origin. Yeah, but I wonder. Yeah, it is a genuine. It's a pathway to origin, but it's not like the, it's not like a pathway to origin like this year, like in the period of time. Yeah, no, it's not. In which they're banned, mm. it's not. I mean, I, I, I applaud what they did because I think it was exactly it was very appropriate. But also, I, I wonder if it had have been at the current Origin camp and it was Cooper Cronk that was doing that shit. Oh, no, they, they, would he get a twelve month ban from Origin or would he get a something? You know, who was it? Was it Hodges that was banned for a game? Yeah, like a game is in a year though. See what I'm saying? It's already just a different standard yeah, between it. Yeah, but again, those those guys broke curfew. Mm. They didn't go out and get absolutely. Oh, there was an incident with a, the, you know, some taxi driver or something. There was, there yeah, was some, yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. There was, but yeah, it was the curfew plus you know some drunken yeah shit. So. Yeah. But um, look, honestly, I think the appropriate punishment for Mitchell Pierce. I mean, it, it is just you know games missed. I'm not saying you should get you know fucking tax the amount of. I mean, who cares about money? I mean, what's money to no. these guys when they're getting hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year? But I think an appropriate punishment would be calculate the amount of time. How many weeks is it until game three of Origin? Uh, what's that? Round nine or eleven? That's no, part of that game three of Origin. I mean, the end of Origin series. Oh, um. Oh, so it might be so, so. Yeah, whatever that weeks is, add yeah. one. And that's yeah. the punishment. Yeah. As long as he's out of Origin, I give a motherfucking. Shit. Or somebody just walk around to Laurie Daly's house and slap him in the face and ask him what the fuck he's thinking. <sighs> Laurie Daly's tendency to. I like I like the th- the thing that he borrowed from Queensland in terms of not being reactionary in, in bulk team changes and that sort of mm. thing, but it, he's taken shit too far. Yeah, he's gone too far the other way. Yeah. Um, look, the, one thing I do think that is positive about Mitchell Pearce is he's come out and said, "I have a problem with alcohol." Yep. Uh, it's the underlying issue in a lot of stuff that goes on around not just the NRL, uh, but in sports in general. Life. Um, yeah, exactly, and. And I think if he was really genuine about redeeming himself, then it, it's something that he sticks with. The only thing that I didn't um, like, I liked that he said, like uh, as you said, I liked that he said that, but there was a quote, and I'll see if I can find it in here, but he said something like, fucking where is it? He said something about alcohol. Yeah, um, this is the end of it, no doubt. That's why I keep saying that alcohol is not going to be a part of my life for a while. Like, <laughs> for a while. It, yeah, it's not as if you can just stop drinking for six weeks and then all of a sudden learn how to handle your grog. Exactly. Um, and, exactly. and this is what I've, I've made this point to a lot of people. I know people in my social circles yeah. who, by the age of your late 20s, yep. which is how old he is, yep. they knew if they couldn't hold their grog. Yeah. Yeah. They knew that if they went out and had six beers, they'd make some very poor decisions. Yeah, or, turn into eighteen. And, yeah. You know, or yeah. they'd, they'd 
pick a fight with somebody yeah. three times their size or they couldn't control their smart-ass mouth. Yeah. And those people moderated themselves in the most part. Yeah. You know, alcohol is still a problem for, for a lot of people, but the, for the most part, they moderated themselves and said, okay, well, I'm not going to drink that much. Yeah. You know, what does it take for him to realise that? So I think if, if he's really serious about uh, showing remorse, mm-hmm. then he'll continue to do some work with substance abuse charities uh, in the future. And the second story... Sean Kenny Dow has been acquitted on all charges of domestic violence against his former partner, Jessica Paris. The Sydney Roosters store cried in court on Monday as Downing Centre local court magistrate Greg Grogan found him not guilty of all 11 charges, which included allegations of assault, threats and destruction of property. The magistrate found Ms Perez was not a reliable witness and her actions in contacting the Roosters NRL club to ask for financial assistance before speaking to police had been extremely unusual. Um, Kenny Dow pleaded not guilty to all 11 charges, including headbutting his girlfriend, pushing her, pulling her hair, putting her in a headlock, destroying a mobile phone, grabbing her arm so tightly it left a bruise, kicking her out of bed and sending offensive text messages. Um, one of the charges related to a claim on October 2014 that Kenny Dow, when his mother asked about a bruise on Miss Paris's arm, sarcastically told her, I bashed her. Last week, Kenny Dow said various domestic allegations were not true, incorrect, and never occurred, but admitted possibly leaving a bruise on Ms. Paris after she attacked him during a heated argument in 2014. And um, it's go on and on. The, the magistrate said, I assessed her answers to be calculated, evasive, and intentionally framed. Uh, and he also found a lack of evidence to corroborate her account, either in form of con- contemporaneous photographs or comments to friends and family at the time of the alleged abuse. At the same time, the magistrate accepted that Kenny Dow was a person of good character, which lent his denials more weight. Without any evidence of immediate complaint about the abuse, without explanation in relation to the bruise on her arm, and in light of her extremely unusual approach of going to the roosters before the police, we are left with nothing more than suspicion. Um, he, he went on to say that the relationship uh, had been characterised by language that was rude, base and vulgar, expressed in 40,000 separate text messages. Each party gave as good as they got. The relationship appears to have been at times loving, at times volatile, and at times surrounded by indifference. Wow. But, um, yeah, imagine an old stuffy judge to, you know, telling you about <laughs> telling about your life, <laughs> telling, 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 telling you how you fucking conduct your relationship. But the the thing is, she, she contacted the, the Chooks and asking them for financial assistance and, like... Not a small amount too. I think she wanted. What did she want? Like Half a, a mil. Like a, if I remember. Oh, you, I didn't see a dollar figure, but it was like she wanted. Here we go. She wanted uh, the club offered shelter and a car for a month, but she wanted accommodation and a car for six months and one month's income. So it's not probably not five hundred grand, but I mean, like, you know, a much more significant amount of cash than what they, you know, what they initially offered to her, and they probably yeah. didn't really need to offer it anyway. So um. So look, I just I just wanted to bring this story up because at the time with the Sean Kenny Dow thing, we were you know, you, you the the instinct is to go, Oh fucking wife, you know, woman beating cunt, whatever, you know, like Robert Louis, etc. etc. But the whole Brett Stewart thing really made me cautious about, you know, like if someone's actually got their day in court, then to let it play out and see what happens. Yep. And played out and as far as I'm concerned, um two dads is back in our in our gang, I mean, he, he, I, I believe, I, you know, I believe the magistrate, I believe that, you know, that they did their job thoroughly, uh, with the case and everything, and I think if anyone's still going on about it now, I mean, it's not a, you know, if you want to call Robert Louis anything, be my guest, you know, like, Ava, be my guest, those guys have been found guilty, done their time, shouldn't be back in the game, but, you know, mm. 
My Fresh Stewart got fucking caught by some, you know, some fraudulent extortion and shit. And it seems that uh, two dads copped a bit of the same. And, uh, you know, thankfully for him, he uh, appears to be have been vindicated and hopefully he can move on and uh, get past this. Yeah, my worry is that every time something like this comes up with an NRL player, yep. now the first call is going to be back to this time and it's going to be spun in a way because the, you you got to notice the judge didn't actually say she was trying to extort anybody. Yep. It's heavily implied in all yep. of the media articles. Yep. Uh, but it will end up being remembered in history as that's what she was trying to do. Yeah. Whether whether that happened or not, we don't yep. know. Yep. And every time this happens to an NRL player, it's going to be put back on the woman. Oh, she's just trying to get money out of it. She's just trying to get money out. Yeah, of it. but I mean, to to for for that to even be framed to be to be possible to be framed, she's going to have to approach someone to get money out of. Them. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, there's a very clear trail. To, to prove or disprove that that's happened, and like the Roosters obviously had a very clear, you know, thing where there was like a they, you know, the couple broke up, and the Roosters, you know, very graciously offered her yep. accommodation and stuff for, yep. you know, to obviously because separation, you know, is hard. Someone needs a place to live, etc. Um, if it was his place too, I mean, I don't know what the arrangements were, but um, yeah, and then she's gone. Oh no, you know, yeah, I exactly, want six times what you're offering. And some cash. From a larger um, a larger perspective, you know, while domestic violence is such an issue, like you remember that stage last year where there were, you know, five in Queensland in a week. Oh, there's, um, yeah, there's like, you know, that many people getting like, like just not even like incidents, like people getting killed and stuff. Yeah. Like that's serious, let alone the stuff that goes unreported. And I would still love, and my standpoint on this hasn't changed, uh, that when there are allegations of domestic violence involving an NRL player... Uh, it is most definitely innocent until proven guilty. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have faith in the legal system. The legal system supports you, me, everybody else. Yep. You know, gets it wrong sometimes, gets it right the majority of the time. you you got to let people have their day in court, yep. like you said before. But I would still love, in this instance, if Sean Kenny Dale had come out and given one press release yep. and said, I am completely innocent of all charges and I intend to prove that in court. Yep. Uh, however... As a show of solidarity in the fight against domestic violence, I am stepping down from the club until X, Y, Z happens. Yeah. Uh, which really goes out there to show that no NRL team, no football team, is bigger than that issue. And I yeah. think that'd go uh, a long way to fixing the the lip service that the NRL tends to give um, to that side of the game. Yeah, I mean that's still like that can still be rare. I mean, you know, court cases are you know you know, the body language and the actions and everything like that, it all, it all can, can help, mm-hmm. you know, shape what people's opinions are and something like that might be still like, oh, you know, he's doing that, but he's saying he's not guilty, but then he's doing, he's standing himself down as well. Oh, no, so, I'd love that I mean? to just be the, the NRL's, the NRL's mandate. Yeah. If that happens. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with the way that the, the East dealt with it as well, because, you know, they copped a lot of shit at the time. Yep. However, you know, they've been vindicated. They obviously know their player and they would have, they would have spoken to him and he, he would have convinced them and not to mention that they would have had, they would have known about this thing with her trying to get the, the six months of this and yeah, the definitely, cash. Definitely. They, and they then they internally assessed all of that and were like, well, no, I mean, you know, we we're going to back the player in this occasion. Um, so look, you know, I think I just wanted to bring that one up just to say, um, you know, well done all around, really. Yep. Um, because there's so many times in the past when we've just been absolutely fucking hammering clubs and players and mm-hmm. everything for getting away with this shit or not serving their time and all that sort of thing. But in this occasion, the guy. You know, beat it, and you know was vindicated and proven that you know proven uh, 
not guilty in a court of law. So, you know, you got him credit for that and uh, hopefully you can move on. This Week in League is brought to you by Sportsmate Mobile's League Live, the ultimate NRL app. It's got everything. I mean, this this app is fantastic, and truthfully, I wasn't massively aware of it before I started talking to these guys. But this app is fucking phenomenal. Uh, my day job, I mean, as some of you may know, it revolves around developing you know apps and websites and that sort of thing. And so just from a purely professional standpoint... I'm just in awe of the way that they've laid it out. It's so simple to get everything, and it's got everything you need. Um, I know going forward with the show, you know, for things like the ladder and um, the match day information and things like that, they just have to you know, cobble together notes for the show each week. Uh, it's going to be invaluable. It's all there. I mean, it's got the, the TV times as well. Like, how many times are you wondering which, you know, how you're going to view a game and that sort of thing? So it's just it's just a great. You can see the whole draw. Just you know, swipe through the whole draw. You can swipe the 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 homepage, you can swipe through the news headlines or you can go to tweets where it's, um, you know, pulling out like Fox Sports tweets uh, about NRL. Um, you know, you go video, you can set up your team in the app and then it'll bring back, you know, your team news and that kind of thing and it'll bring back tweets from your team as well. It's just, they've thought of, they've thought the interface through and just the, the way that, you know, a, a user would navigate an app like this and just the way they've laid it out and everything is amazing. So, the statistics, all that sort of stuff. I mean, if you're, you know, like if you play super coach and things like that, I mean, it's just, it's just a really great, great match. I can't wait to use it in those times when, um, you know, you're out in a battle, you're at a dinner or something like that. And, you, and you're trying to, you know, keep your eye on the score and how a game's going. So, um, yeah. It's very useful for that. I've, I've actually used, uh, the app for a number of years. Yep. Uh, I think since it, it first came out, I remember they went through yep. a, a bunch of, um, Updates and upgrades. Yep. And now you're right. It it, this, really it doesn't is. it doesn't resemble the la- like the like last is it, it doesn't resemble like the last version no, in terms close of the interface to, does it close to the last version. Um, yeah. Miles miles removed from the first version. Yeah, because um, I've, I've just got this feeling that I had the first version and it was like far different. Yeah, that's it. So obviously, as things go along, they uh, they tend to get better. Yep. Uh, and now it really is a, a one stop shop. Yeah. Exactly, I just and I just love the interface. It's just just the the way they've laid. Just you're just swiping between everything as well. Like swipe through the rounds. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be so easy when we're doing this show when I'm looking up to see who Manly's playing in three weeks' time or you know or what the score was for a game a couple of weeks yeah. ago because you can just go slip, 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 and you're straight through it. So it's it is really really good app. And I mean I was I was, I was saying to Jay at the start like before we went on air and I was just like. I fucking love this app, but like people are gonna go, oh yeah, you know they're sponsoring the show, so you've got to, you've got to say that. But no, I've, I've I really fucking love it, and like as a, as a developer, I'm just really impressed with the way that um, just technically and just like the the interface and everything, like the user experience is just tremendous. So uh, search for Sportsmate; they're the developers. So search for Sportsmate Sportsmate in the App Store or Google Play, and uh, yeah, look for the League Live app. They've got a bunch of apps across uh, a number of different sports, but obviously it's this week in League, and we only care about Rugby League. So grab the League Live one. Previews for the 2016 season overall. First, uh, as we always do, what we do, we take take a look at the ladder from last year and work our way from the bottom to the top and uh, give our impressions of how we think things are going to pan out for teams this season. I had a lot of trouble 
um, I found the, the bottom couple of sides really easy to line up the way I, th- I thought they'd be. The, the top four or five, the same. But then there was this vortex from like sort of five down to 13. And there or five, to, yeah, probably five to 13. And there was this, this these teams that in my head, I was like, they're going to really build on last season. They're going to be improved. I mean, they've improved their rosters. I just think it's going to start to come together for them. But then... I get to the slot and I'm like, oh, you know, like you're 11. And like, I feel bad. I feel bad for the teams. I'm like, oh, fuck me. I'm like, I thought, I, I, I thought you'd have a great year, but I'm looking at the team. I can't really push you above the teams, above, you know, that I've got above though. So very, very difficult, <laughs> difficult to do. So because we start from the bottom though, let's do the easy stuff first. The Spooners, Newcastle Knights. They had a tough year. Some quality performances sprinkled among, among some absolute diabolical ones um they got a new coach new halfback you know an experienced uh, you know origin and uh, you know grand final halfback yep and um yeah on the coach side of things nathan brown he returns to coaching in australia after being you know pretty successful over there in esl look i think trent hodkinson look i've said a lot of things about trent hodkinson over the years but i think he's a, he's a very he's very solid He's very solid seven, mm-hmm. and I think and his experience is and he's steady, and I think that's what they really need because there's going to be a lot of young players coming up for the Knights this year. Um, and look, I think they've got a tough season ahead, but I think that you know with the youngsters and if they, the youngsters can develop, I think they're going to show some signs of improvement. And I have them actually moving up this year to fourteenth position. Really, mm-hmm. I've got the Knights uh, in stone motherless last. That's really yeah. I I I can't disagree with that more, and you'll see why. Um. <laughs> Look, I mean, I say I can't disagree with it more when they're two places apart. Yeah, you know I mean? like, yeah, they're gonna have. It's gonna be a tough year, but I but I really think that um, a lot of their losses, I think, are, are good for the ten- like. I think they'll they'll miss someone like Bo Scott. I mean, he's getting on, but I mean that dude's a solid force. Yeah. In defence. Yeah. But you know, otherwise, I think it's all it's all positives. Yeah, look, um, they've gone plus on the coach. I think they've improved on the coach. They've improved in the halves with, with the addition of Trent Hodkinson. So, um, yeah, I can yeah, only, see, I can only, see, I can only see improvement in their future. Um, but uh, unfortunately, with, with where I had the other teams, I couldn't have them any higher. And, and it was a, it was almost a coin flip between them and and who I've got at fifteenth. Yep. Uh, but you know the 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 Knights are a, a team of of almost worse. You know, you've got, yeah. uh, you know, Mullen, who, yeah. you know, oh, well, what if he wasn't injured yeah. for half the season every, every year, single year? Yeah. Uh, would, he, would he be the the number one half or, or five eight in the competition? You no. know, he, he was supposed to be the heir to Joey's throne. Yeah, but like, may, you know, maybe he could have been the New South Wales guy, but I don't know, he was he was never the, he was never going to be the, <laughs> I don't think. Um, <laughs> yeah, you are, Tay. Who was yeah. at one stage one of the most exciting prospects yeah. in the NRL? That dude, um, his his decline was worse than the West Tigers. Yeah, that's it. So you you've got you've got a lot of players there who who've almost you know peaked and fallen, and yep. I'm not sure that they've got it in them to reach those heights again. So yep. I've got the Knights finishing uh, with a spoon. Okay, fifteenth last season, West Tigers this year. Well, you've got a possible crisis situation with the coast. That, that that Robbie Farris situation has resolved itself. I say in quite air quotes, but like it persisted for a long time, 
and the way it resolved itself was against the coach's wishes that he made quite clear at the end of the season. Will the halves perform this year? I mean, there's no Glenn here to fill everyone's with lies about Run TMB anymore. Um, unless, of course, the B stands for Ballon. And the T can beat Tedesco because obviously he's, he's you know, electrifying and amazing and he's going to have another incredible season, no doubt about it. But, you know, one fullback does not uh, a good team make, unfortunately. Um, Tim Grant pulled the pin on his South Sydney experiment. I mean, you know, he came from your way originally and he was great for a time. Yeah, he, and, you know, he was a state of origin. Yeah, prop. yeah. You know, do you remember the first hit up he had um, put Petro on his ass? Yep, yep. You know, fantastic. What fuck happened to him? Decline. Massive decline. Massive decline. I mean, but the thing is, when it comes down to, you know, to, to front rowers, like, if he continues on his current trajectory the way that he has been, you know, recently and, like, last year, it's pretty much a straight swap for Keefe. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. You know, Keefe so. wasn't great at the at the end, but, I mean, Tim Grant, at least, they, you know, it's like for like. Pretty, you know, hopefully there's an upside and he can get back to something like he was. And if that's the case, great buy, but... um. I'm going to put this Tiger side down for... Uh, I was going to put him down for Stone Motherless last. <laughs> but, except for the absolute clusterfuck that plays out of the Gold Coast. So the Tigers <laughs> are 15th. <laughs> uh, I had the Tigers at 14th. Um, again, they've, they've got a lot of good potential. Didn't you have the Knights at 14th? Oh, no, that's, I had the Knights at 14th. That's you had right. the Knights I was confusing myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah I'm, I'll channel my, my inner Glenn here and say that they have uh, one of the most exciting potential spines in the league uh, emphasis on potential okay what's the um, statute of limitations on potential though <laughs> for example John Sutton yeah exactly I mean he's, um, a, he's, a, he's the longest living living specimen of potential I believe that we've and, got in the world and, and that's the thing that they leaked a lot of points last year the Tigers leaked a lot of points um, and they're, they're by nowhere near the skill level of, of previous Tigers teams that have been, well, we'll succeed on the back of who cares how many we let in. Yeah, we'll, we'll just, just chuck around and score more, yeah. You know? um, that they don't have anywhere near that level of skill. Yep. And I think especially in a, a season where for and against is going to be such, such an important factor come end of year, yep. uh, I think, unfortunately, the Tigers can look to have some big scores put on them this year. The Titans finished 14th last season. Let's say it was very close down the bottom of the table, though. Um, fair to say, this is a rebuilding year for the Titans, except they don't have any construction materials at all. They don't even have fucking Lego, really. Um, they lost Caesar. Cherry backflipped on him. Um, they went in all, all in on LG, and he's and he's blown his knee, gone for the season, which oh, leaves which leaves break. fantastic young, you know, like Ash Taylor. It's great, great player, a lot of potential. There's that word again, but he's got a lot of weight on his shoulders for a youngster. Like he's a fucking good youngster, but man, like I guess yeah. you know, I guess he won't have the weight of expectations on, but he's got the weight of you know that needs to perform. Um, and look, I'm going to say, you know, I, I wrote here sad to say, but I'm not sad to say it at all. I think Gold Coast are going to finish dead last, sixteenth, and I don't think for and against is really going to be an issue for him. I don't. I think they're going to they'll finish last by two games. Ooh, minimum. Ouch, okay. Um, I had the Titans at fifteen. Uh, similar points. LG's a big loss. Yeah. You know, it, is is it just me or there are there a lot of players out before round one? Yeah, fucking nines did a bit of damage. It's, I mean, not in LG's case, but like, is is this injuries that aren't recovered from properly, or are these new ones that have happened in the last couple of weeks? It's just. I mean, many to... cases they seem to be new. Yeah. 
So uh, I, I I don't know what's happening there. Um, yeah, again the the Titans lost a lot, and it yeah. seems that they've tried to to almost carbon copy what they've what they've lost. They've brought Shillington in, obviously, yeah. with the the goal of replacing Miles, and I don't think that's like for like. No. Um, so through the, McQueen a lifeline. Yeah, the <sighs> the Titans have it in them though to to put on some uh, some good games once or twice in the season uh, and I only had them 15th because there's a, a fair chance that an extra strong batch of pingers will come through the Gold Coast at some stage <laughs> through the year which will either boost them or uh, or fuck the team they're playing. New Zealand Warriors were next last year and let's be real even though they have a monkey for a coach I mean they were they were humming along and looking certain not just for the finals but like mm. challenging for a top four spot mm. then um, then unfortunately for them they ran into the juggernaut that's mighty manly seagulls and uh, then they went down faster than a passenger in Connie Harrell's car so <laughs> for talking about off-season buying I mean they've bought fuck, they've bought well and they've addressed, addressed some big needs um, like they got a hooker who he might not be prime, but I mean Isaac Luke is a fucking great signing, still. And then you add that to to RTS at yeah. fullback. Yeah. Already had Sean Johnson there. I mean, that's a fucking spine. Like that's there's a spine right there. Um, although you know after I'd had written these notes down, Sean Johnson is in the six, and the great Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Robson is uh is in the seven. But I don't think that really really matters. I mean. You know, Chad Townsend wasn't much, much chop either. I think, I think Sean Johnson just needs yeah. a needs a warm body to stand on the other side of the rock for him, and uh, you know, distribute the ball when required. And uh, and Jeff Robson, you know, the wily the wily veteran will uh, will definitely do that. So this is the, thing, the, the one thing I think the Warriors miss and will continue to miss this year is structure when they need it. You yep. know, they've, they've obviously built a brand of play that's very free-flowing and unpredictable and and based on, on some freakish skill, just, just pure, unadulterated skill. Uh, but there are times in, and especially in finals games, yep. where you need a little bit of structure, a little bit of discipline. Yep. You've got to know to pull it back, yep. hit it up for four, and then just kick it into the corner. Yep. Uh, and... And I think that they, they've got that idea. Yeah. They've gone way too far towards comatose with Robson. He's he's not calm, he's almost dead. Um so I, I think the, the usual rocks and diamonds will continue for them. I had the Warriors finishing eleventh. I think they've got a fucking awful awful coach, but I think they're gonna be the biggest improvers this season, um, you know, based on final finishing position in twenty fifteen. And I think they're legit top four chance. And uh, I've got them finishing fourth. I think their biggest enemy is is at the team selection table. Mm. And, you know, you get things like... Like, I saw their lineup for this week, and John O'Wright is extended bench. He's, like, in jersey 18 or 19 or something like that. I'd like to see him let off completely. I mean, when you've got someone like Connie on the on the sidelines and you're starting Blake Ashford. I mean, like, as a, as a punter who likes to, to win money on first try scorer bets... I love when I see Blake Ashford in the side because I just look at his opposite number yeah. and put them down and, you know... Just throw it out. But but for a team that wants to... You know, yeah, hopefully this shit will work itself out, but their coaching is their biggest is their biggest weakness. I mean, they've got a side that can win the competition easily under the right circumstances. So, 
We'll see, but I've got them fourth. Uh, next, Parramatta Eels. Mm-hmm. For being realistic here, given the cattle they brought into their side and the apparent super coach they have leading them, I think for the club itself, anything outside of finals football is an absolute failure. But their back office is, is absolutely shithouse. That will never end and that will never resolve itself. Um, look, I'd like to say that it's a big step forward for Parramatta this year, but injuries, and I mean, Foran's already looking like he's got dodgy hammies. Injuries can cruel a season, especially if they come come to guys like that that they pay yeah. a, lot of, a lot of money for yeah. and rest and, you know, developing a lot of structure around. Um, and I just don't know, I still don't know how good that the Eels can be, so I'm sorry to say Eels fans, but it's, uh, it's going to be 12th this year. But I do concede that top eight is a realistic goal under the right circumstances and the right conditions, but I still I don't think it's going to happen 12th. Yeah, I uh, I had the Eels finishing 10th. Yep. Um, again, they've, they've got the makings of a decent spine. I think they lack a little bit of toughness up the middle. Oh, but they've got um, like yeah, ex-criminal element like Manu Mao. Yeah, and yeah, fucking yeah but yeah, again. He yeah. runs onto the field with fucking phone books taped around his <laughs> midriff to, you know, to stop shivs. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think that's where they're, they're going to be let down. They'll be in patches. Yeah. Uh, you know, 20 minutes of a game, 40 minutes of a game, 60 minutes of a game. They'll compete up the middle. Uh, mm-hmm. But I really think that's where other teams are going to catch them napping. Um, and there is always the factor of, you know, for anything positive that Kieran Foran does, yeah. Corey Norman will negate it. And so yeah. you have a, a nil sum total of improvement <laughs> in the halves. Um, so yeah, I had uh, the Eels finishing 10th. Next, your boys, Penny Panthers. Mm. Now look, this Cleary situation, I don't really, we didn't really talk about this. I thought he was a great coach. I thought he was a coach that other teams with lesser coaches, you know, would, would have looked at him and, and coveted him as a coach, you know, very enviously. Um, very abruptly, he's, he's out on his ass and he's, he's, he hasn't picked up a job this season. Uh, you know, as, as a head coach, as, as, where yeah. there's sides that hadn't decided on their head coaches at the time, and um, and then then Anthony Anthony Griffin. It's a world where Anthony Griffin is employed, and Ivan Cleary isn't as a as a head coach of an NRL side. I just don't understand it, to be honest. Yeah, look, and I I don't have any inside line into the Penrith Panthers club. Gus, uh, ruthless. I've, yeah, ruthless. Um, R O O F, ruthless. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I'm sure he had his reasons. I have a a personal issue with this whole two year um two year coach turnaround, one year coach turnaround. Just seems in some weird instances. to give a, give the guy you know keep building the team that he wants, and when very clearly yes he had two average seasons, but I mean well hang fucking on he, Stevie he was one Wonder. game from the grand final in the previous series. If it's Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Could fucking see, yeah, how bad the injuries were, yeah. and that it wasn't any deficiencies on the coaching side of things, yeah. unless there's something that's happened behind the scenes that we're not privy to. But they didn't. They never came across to me as a side that was, you know, that that lacked spirit, lacked morale, had destabilizing shit going on behind the scenes, and nothing's come out since. Yeah, um, and again, you know, there's a whole lot of maybes. You know, maybe yeah. it was that early yeah. in the season when the injury toll looked to be affecting things, that mm. Gus sat down with him and said, "This you maybe need to prove yourself." Make these cunts knit faster. 
Yeah. Make these bones knit. No, 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 no. But, you know, look, these are all professional sports people. Yeah. You know, you're a professional coach. Get them to a realistic standard um, of of game. Let them know what's expected of them, but... Yeah, that's still uh, that's still tough though because I mean you've got a whole staff of people like that. And I mean you could if if the if players being healthy you know was was an issue, then you'd remove your strength and conditioning and those sorts of department. I and, should you know, be so you, fucking lucky. So <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. It's look being a Penrith Panthers fan for as long as I have been, you get used to starting every year with oh well it can only be better, um, <laughs> and. And unfortunately, I think we're paying the price for a failed Wallace and Soward experiment a couple of years ago. Uh, why you'd get two past their prime halves in at the same time into a club who, you know, supposedly on a fair bit of dosh. Uh, what what would have been a, a lot better, I think, is if we'd have taken one yeah. and really blood someone who, who was going to come through. And look, I think the plan is to double down on Moylan in the halves, but then he went and got fucking injured. Exactly. So that's throwing spanner um, in that. So. But the, again, this this whole thing of, you know, we've, we've got somebody who excels at fullback, let's put him in the halves. Hey, he's the um, next Darren Lockyer and it worked for Darren Lockyer. It did. Who are you to say that it's not going to work? Well, I, I'm the have person Have you seen Darren Lockyer? I have. He was amazing. I, no, he wasn't. Matt Moore was, was the next Darren Lockyer. Go and watch, go and watch the last State of Origin game that Andrew Johns and Darren Lockyer played on the same field at the same time. And oh, you'll I'm, see not, how, I'm not saying he's better than Joey. You'll see I mean, how unamazing Darren I'm, Lockyer I'm, is. I'm not saying he's better than Joey. I mean, clearly that's a load of horse shit. D- I mean, direct your tweets to me personally, Joey, Sam. I mean, Joey, Joey's immortal. Darren Lockyer's an immortal. Um, He'd be an immortal if he was as good as Joey. But you know, Darren Lockyer, before they switched him into the halves, yeah. he'd had a long time playing fullback yeah. at the highest level. Yep. Yeah. You know, he was the Australian fullback yep. and then moved into the halves. Yep. Uh, Moylan's had one very good season and one injury-plagued season. Yep. And now all of a sudden, he's, he's halves material. Um, yeah, I, I don't see us finishing any higher than uh, 13th. That's what I've got him at as well. Um, yeah, Merrin's a good signing. Um, there, there's some, some strike power there. You know, a lot of the people are bitching about Peachy coming off the bench this weekend. I think that's a fantastic idea. Wait and see how it plays out. I mean, at some level, you need to respect that the coaching staff know more about the fucking how players have trained in the off-season than you do as a fan. Yeah. Um, I'm like, there's, we'll get to Manly's, we'll get to the game coming up this weekend. There's a team selection in Manly's, although I fucking, I, it's inexplicable to me, given pre-season form and everything, but I'm going to let it play out, see how it goes in the, in the real world. There may be method to it. And, you know, we shall see. Well, it could be that Trent Barrett's just fucking balmy. Could be. Might need a fucking slapping. This is the greatest troll from Gus in history. He's implanted Trent Barrett at Manly. Well, I heard some things, you know, around saying it as well. Like, Manly actually did make a serious play for Cleary. Wow. Yeah, okay. And it was like, and the Trent, and, and yeah, and like, and that they, they actually, Trent Barrett was like, they were almost content to let that slide because... Yeah, Trent Barrett was the one they would they would have preferred. Like if Trent Barrett hadn't assigned Manly, he probably would have got the head coaching gig when they offloaded. Yeah, Ivan. Yeah, but um, yeah. Look, I've yeah, I've, I had I can't. I just want to say for the record that I'm, I can't. I'm I'm incredibly disappointed in you. <laughs> this this level of realistic assessment of your own team's chances for the season. Sorry, sorry. It's just not undefeated. Just... <laughs> asterisks, premiers. 
Um, you got to finish 13th but have a run in the finals to, to win the premiership. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, so while we're on this subject, the Panthers will finish undefeated. Um, I'll end up marrying Danny Tequila. Yeah. Uh, and um, life life will be happily ever after. All right. Um, enough fantasy land? <laughs> Raiders. Look, I just want to say categorically to the Raiders fans, I apologise for this ranking. I like the Raiders. I want them to do well. I think they're a side that's got a lot of improvement in them. I think that improvement that they're going to see on the field um, this year many times. But I I sort of did the top end of the table first. and the, No, the bottom end of the table first, then the top end of the table. And then when I came back down to the here, I couldn't find another place for them to live and I couldn't justify sending him any higher. So unfortunately, I'm, I don't understand, guys. I don't I honestly. I don't understand how I came to this this figure. It just happened. You're eleventh. I'm sorry. Yeah, I had Canberra in twelfth. Okay. Um, and yeah, obviously the the Techno Vikings going to do amazing things again. Got Caesar in there, having a proper player with him as well. Yeah, that's like, it. Yeah, that's what I, mean. I was looking at. It and I just see all these. I just see all these pluses. And yet, I believe that. The top eight's going to shuffle. Team's going to go in. Team's going to go out. But I don't think these guys are going to be one of the ones that go in. Yeah. No. Look, I um, I I think that uh, the best thing that could happen for Canberra this year is if they lose Blake Austin for at least three rounds of the year. Oh, let's say around State of Origin games one, two, and three. Uh, that because be that would mean the fucking gods have finally woken up and he's, yeah, he's Laurie Daly's State, State of Origin. Um, but I've, I've traced it and I've, I've worked the data on it. You can actually point the slide of Canberra in terms of a rugby league team to the rise in the availability of the internet in Australia. <laughs> and so what's the, and so what's the, the, the conclusion? I've put it down to, and this is just a hypothesis, that high-quality rugby league players are absolute fucking deviants. And yeah, okay. back in, back in the day, it was enough, just with Canberra's proximity to Fishwick, that people would <laughs> oh, go down there and there. play. Okay, exactly. You right. know, because, because right. that's where you had to go. Um, and now that people can get their girl on guy on midget on honey badger orgy videos, yep. at the click of a button. Yep. Um, Where's Ricky, a midget on honey badger side? I'd watch that. Yeah, it's it's absolutely hilarious. But uh, Ricky's got very little in the way of leverage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to get people to go down so 12th Canberra alright yeah, that's Canberra oh the mighty Manly Seagulls look I absolutely loathe the way that things panned out for the Jeff Tuvey situation um, but as a supporter of the club we must move forward and you know support the team on the field if we don't support the administration and you can't I mean after all that you know the dust settled you can't argue that there's, there's definitely a positive feeling emanating from from the side this year um, they recruited well in multiple areas of need um, strong trial form it's not usually a reliable indicator but in areas like when Manly have had an overhaul and you've got like a lot of new combinations developing the signs are pretty good for them developing you know quite mm. quickly um Strong club, strong squad, new ideas, solid defensive pedigree. Got a great defensive coach in uh, as well this season, and the from all reports, it looks like DCE will be you know getting a more like JT sort of freer role. To you know, he's not just going to be confined to the to the right hand side of the ruck, and you know with four and on the left, he's going to actually have more of a roving commission and uh, you know play what's in front of him, uh, which is great. Um, and that that all adds up to you know basically a, a ton of sick and sorry fans around the NRL when their team gets absolutely fucking wrecked. 
Um, new combinations may take some time to gel. And um, so for that reason, I've taken the minor premiership off the table for Manly. But I have no doubt they're going to make the grand final and win it convincingly from third. Okay. Uh, I actually went one better. I, I yeah. have Manly in second. Nice. Um, You're going to work out just fine. Oh, no, just <laughs> just just so that it's uh, it's disappointing at the end of the year when they, when they actually finish in 10th. Uh, in but um, look, the, the thing I like about Manly this year as from a depth perspective is that they've always um, been at that at that point where injuries were were catastrophic yep. you know they'd base their team around a, a good group of, of core players but if just one of them went down yep. their role was was so specialized that it was catastrophic if they lost Watmo when he was a, a decent player when he could play, yeah it, it was catastrophic when Brett Stewart um, went down it was yep. catastrophic um, I think DCE needs to have a very good start to the season. Otherwise, he'll be he'll be showing up fairly badly. Um, I still think he's a bit of a myth in in terms of actual <sighs> skill. Um, but uh, as long as as long as he can as long as he can keep hiding behind a, a decent team, um, <laughs> then he'll do just enough to get them to uh, to second premiership win. <laughs> um. Second though, that's good. St. George Illawarra Dragons. They've got the toughest draw. They play the current top eight, the 2015 top eight, um, both home and away this season. Um, now, not all those sides are going to finish in the top eight, including the Dragons. Spoiler. But um, <laughs> like, I promise you, with the Dragons this year, I will not be rolling out the soft draw calls on this side for this season. You're safe from it 100%. Some other team's going to cop it. It won't be the Dragons. Um, and look, I was almost made to look really silly when they scraped into the finals after I picked them for the spoon last year. And um, I'm not going to make that mistake again. Tenth. Yeah, I've got the Dragons finishing ninth. Um, I I just don't again think that they've they've done enough to to really improve. I think they'll be solid. I th- I think Widdop's a solid player. Um, as long as Benji doesn't decide to to kick it out on the full into the third row too often, um, I. I do have very strong reservations about any team that will play somebody that thinks a man bun is an acceptable haircut. <laughs> um, How many of those were going around in the fucking nines, though? Oh, that's for that reason alone, they should scrap it. Yeah, it's absolutely fucking horrible. Um, but you know, it's it's not not too much different from the Knights team that did. Not enough to set the world on fire last year, so I got them finishing ninth. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's simple mathematics for me for the Dragons being tenth. They finished in eighth last season. I've got Manly and and the Warriors improving and in, into the eight, so some mm-hmm. you know something has to give, and you know people have to push down, and that's and that's how, what happens to the Dragons. Their improvement certainly does not match what either Manly or the or the Warriors are going to bring to the table. Um, South Sydney Rabbitohs next up. Can Sam Burgess, can he arrest the slide that's currently enveloping this, this side, you know, both in in results and also, like, it just it appears to be the, the morale and everything is, suffer, is suffering as well. Mm. I mean, the speculation that, you know, it's like the coaching style of Madge, you know, he's he, you know he's hard on the players and that sort of thing. Then you had that, you know, blow up in the preseason with Kiri, you know, mm. getting shits when he was over at Nunaglen at Russell's, yeah. Rusty's place. Oh. Look, it's and 
any team with with Greg Inglis in it, it's going to to have a certain level of success um, throughout the season. Uh, I'm not sure Burgess coming back will be, uh, say, as Sonny Bill was. But do you think it'll? I mean, the the thing with Sam Burgess, and this is the this is the big if, when he was playing for South, fucking George was amazing. Yeah. George did nothing with that. Is is he is his return enough to put a fire back under the other two Burgesses that are still live, live there? And, and there are two there. How many Burgesses are there in total? Four. Okay. So you got Tom and Tom and George. Okay. And uh, and then Luke at Luke will be peeling the oranges for Manly's reserve yeah, outside okay. this season. Okay. With any luck? Um. Oh. You know, again, it, he was obviously the most talented brother. Um. He's going to come back and, and give a little bit of spice, a little bit of spark. Uh, I'm not sure that they've done enough to to give Inglis some, some help out wide yep. in the back line. Yep. Uh, they've got a, a very, very good, uh, strong pack of forwards, capable halves. And I, I worry about their spine because I don't. I think they're going to have massive troubles at hooker this season. They've got two pretty much unknown quantities Um in hooker, see how they develop. There'll be competition for the spot. Yep. You know, Kiri's Kiri's out at the moment, but he's also a myth at, when he's fit. So interesting to see. But I mean, I've got them sliding, and uh, and put your fucking bell back in the sea for another forty odd years. Ninth. <laughs> okay, I've got them just coming in at eighth. All right. I think uh, Inglis has got enough points in him to get yep. him there on four and against. Uh, Sharkies. Look, I really struggle with the Sharks. I really do. I can't rate them. It's like, a, I think it's a biological or genetic thing. I just can't rate them and I don't know why. Um, I've got them fifth because on paper, they really seem like a squad that could give it a nudge. But I just cannot rate them and I will. I refuse. I will not rate them. And although I look at the squad on paper and, and I think, well, you know, that's, you know, they got a pretty, pretty decent side there. Yeah. But I just, like Sharks are going to shark. And I just can't. <laughs> and even and even last season, I mean, look at the way the season ended. They had a they, they had a really important game against Manly in the final round at home, and they got done. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. they had the finals game against a clearly beaten mm. South side that were just like they were not there anymore. I mean, they almost you know the if the competition was three rounds longer, they probably would have slid out the back yeah, of the eight. Yeah, yeah. And so they took them out, and all credit to them, they got a good win. And then after that, they got absolutely fucking smoked. Yep. So I just think there's a definite ceiling to the Sharks. Until they can find a way to break through that, I, I can't... Yeah. You know, I've just seen so much Sharks are a definite top four side this year, and I honestly just don't see it. Look, I've I've got the Sharks finishing fifth. Okay. Um, Maloney's a good addition. I think skill-wise, Maloney's no Todd Carney. Oh, but, Maloney, you know, but nearly um, everything good that happened for the Roosters last year in attack came out of Maloney. Yeah. Which surprisingly, it. like, you know, I mean, of course, you know, every try pretty much went through Maloney as well, but, you know, I think he may have had a positive it, plus minus. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, again, just pure pure skill-wise. Yeah. You know, Todd Carney's obviously Oh, yeah, like better. for that genius spark sort of thing, and they, yeah. And they couldn't get that to work within the Sharks. So they couldn't yeah. get that talent to work within the Sharks. Um, hopefully Maloney being a little bit more of a structured player, yeah, it'll work well for them. Uh, the thing I think I don't get about the Sharks is I, I think the days or years of teams 
winning premierships on the back of being scrappy and full of yeah. heart yeah. are gone. You know, yeah. that, that's going to get you through some games during the season. The talented team is going to find its way to the grand final and it's it's going to execute everything that, you know, everything that they, yeah. they need to do and you'd be scrappy as you like. Polished skill yeah. and accuracy yep. are, are going to win premierships. Yep. Um, you know, Hart, Hart will get you a couple of games during the season and put Hart in the accurate, you know, combine it with the accuracy and yeah. you, when you're against another, you know, precision side, yeah. then yeah, you know, Hart team might win. But um, yeah, no, I got the Sharks finishing look in the top eight. I think they got enough in there yeah. to get yep. top eight. Uh, but finishing fifth. All right, so, so we, we've had a couple of same. We've been very close on a lot of them. Mm. Canterbury, Bankstown, Bulldogs. Look, the creativity is the big question mark for them, you know, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, Mumbai has finally got the side, you know, to, you know, it's going to be his job to steer him around. Mm. So, you know, let's see if he's going to be worth the kind of money that he that, that he's demanding. Um, look, I also worry about the, the the fitness and the adaptability of some of the big boys. Um, I saw some pictures on Twitter, like, you know, round before the nines like Cassiano is looking fucking better than I've ever seen mm. like Donnie Singe has done the job over there with the doggies but uh, you know Pritchard like they're, they're looking fit and T-Rex looks you know very fit as well so look maybe they can adapt I don't know but I still, it's a, still a question mark for me at this stage um, is this the last hurrah for Desi I mean he's spent up he's had everything he wanted at his disposal in terms of facility and uh, and, and playing staff He's got everything he's want. He's 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 asked for, and he's delivered absolutely fuck all in return. Look, I've got the dogs finishing seventh. I got them sixth. Um, they they're always going to be a a quality side. I think this side in particular, they're realistically one or two Reynolds brain snaps from being a top four side <laughs> or dropping out of the eight entirely. And it yep. depends completely on if those brain snaps cost him games, yep. as in he sits them out, or if those brain snaps give away eight-point tries and, and cost Canterbury competition points. Yep. Um, the, there's a, a lot of heart in that Canterbury pack. Yep. You know, they're, they're a group of, of almost classic rugby league hard men who... Play hard, leave everything out on the field, um, take bits of other players with them when they go, and and that'll get them a, a long way. Um, the loss of Morris is big. Yeah, it's going to be a tough month, especially when you replace him with um, Hopper Junior. And yeah. Like, what a you know that's a decline right there. I mean, Joseph Smith did not look after his guy at all in that two years, and he was fucking you know dum 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 to push you around. So. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, I feel bad for him because he was fucking spectacular in the 2011 Grand Final. Yeah, yep. And that season, he was great. Yep. All right, so, Melbourne Storm. Look, they find a way. They always do. I don't know how, looking at their lineup sometimes, I have no idea how they fucking do it, but uh, I'm predicting one last go around for the finals for the big three. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they dropped out of the eight. Don't get me wrong, but I've got them seventh here because I think it's, yeah... One last big, one last dance for the big three. See, I've got the Storm finishing top four. Jeez. Based on draw. Yeah. Um. Just in in terms of when they're playing and and the uh, the rests they get around Origin time. Yeah. Um. Which means that they they should shouldn't lose too many of the big three, depending on how fit yeah. they are. Um. But like like you said, they're a bit older. Uh, they're they're a little bit more brittle, 
but they're still fairly classy players. Um, not people. No. Absolute cunts <laughs> of people. Uh, but in terms of rugby league players, they're, they're fairly good. Um, I, I think this will be their, their last big hurrah, yep. and they'll only get as high as fourth, and then run into that classic storm problem that they have at the finals when everybody else goes up a gear, they just don't have it in them to yep. to shift, yep. uh, and, and they'll be passed over. Next, Cowboys, North Queensland Cowboys. Look, massive, massive loss of the legend Glenn Hall, premiership god. Uh, but that's offset by a giant influx of positive karma following the jettisoning of uh, the wife-beating cunthole, Robert Louis. Mm. Um, look, in this day and age, just statistically, like it's it's incredibly difficult, if not impossible, to go back-to-back in terms of win the comp. Um, so look, I've got them falling short of the grand final this year, but finishing second in the minor premiership. Yeah, okay. I've got the Cowboys uh, coming in third. I think they got a lot of work, the the way they went on on JT's heart. He he had yeah that. very settled lineup though. I mean they're still they're pretty much trotting out their grand final side this week. Yeah. Like, so that's and that that's a you know that's powerful and you know the just the bond and things like that can you know can go a long way. But, um, but for, I just think it's almost like statistically it's talking me out of giving them a chance to win the grand final again just because it's just it's going to be such a close comp and it's just so hard to do. Definitely. Definitely. So, it's almost like winning last year, you know, sort of disqualifies them from contention this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it, I think a lot of what they did was, was on the back of, you know, JT's drive and desire and yep. heart and determination. And now that he's now that he's gotten the premiership, now that he's won it, yeah, I, I don't know, if, I don't know if it'll, um, I don't know if it'll diminish though. I, look, I, I don't know. I think he's just a competitor. Look, I'm, I'm not, gonna, I'm not saying that he's not going to care this year. Yeah, but it may just be that he's not pushing that. That one percent extra that he was yep. giving when he was in the chase for the maiden. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I know he won one in two thousand and four. Yep. Technically, asterisk with well, Canterbury. Yeah, um, absolutely. He definitely did. <laughs> but um. Yeah. His his actual first premiership yeah. with North Queensland. Yeah. That was obviously his big motivator. Um. You know, it's just like right after you. Uh, um. You know. Had a massive dinner. You sit down. You don't want to move for a little while. So I think they might get a little <laughs> bit of a hangover. All right. So that's uh, next up, the Broncos. Look, great side last year. Added James Robertson, removed their biggest liability in Justin Hodges. Um, so yeah, once again, Broncos fans, look deep in, inside yourselves, and you know that what I'm saying is the truth. The only thing that can stop them from taking out the minor premiership is Ben Hunt's hands. Mm. They're they're, they're going to get the minor premiership, and I've also got to make in the grand final again. Yeah. Yep, I, I got so that. first on the uh, on the the minor premiership. I as well had the Broncos taking out the uh, the minor premiership, and for very very similar reasons than uh, than you did. Yep. So. Mil- Milford's gonna he's gonna continue to to evolve and get better. Then um, you've got like you know young guys that w- were stunning at the end of the year like Nicarima as well. You know as well, um, they'll get better. I think every, everything will get better, and then they don't have um, you know Justin Hodges out there. You know, they've got, a real weapon in, in James Roberts out there. It's just, yeah, I think it's going to be a good year for him. But, yeah, um, yeah they're going to get all the way to the grand final. And next and finally, Sydney Roosters. Look, the Pierce thing was a tough break for the club. Uh, they're going to start the season with rookie halves and how long they're going to go together before Pierce comes back. Who knows? I mean, until we find out that punishment. Tuvasa Shek, another big loss, huge loss. I uh, don't feel that they're, like, in a total decline. 
but I I think they'll still make the finals. I've got them as eighth, but I think they're like a, a Jared Hayne or a you know maybe a Sonny Bill Williams short of being that minor premiership back to back to back side that they've been in recent years. Mm, mm, yeah, it it the start will be tough, and I think come the end of the year um, that'll show again in a very very close competition. So they're they're going into this round obviously with new halves, but with with no uh, JWH. Boyd Cordner's out. Yep. Um, the and and that was always one of the cornerstones that that yep. big aggressive mobile pack. Uh, the only thing that I hope more than anything this year is that I get to see on live TV, pausable live TV. George Rose run right over the top of Fergie Ferg, and as he goes through him, he gets a foot on his scrot and pops at least one of his testicles with his stud. Where who's George Rose going to play for though? I, I I just need a call up. I need somebody to get out there for the good of rugby league. It could be like Russell Packer or something. It's not, it doesn't have to be George Rose. I mean, you just I'd, like Cassiano or something. I'm not like that, fussy. You know? I'm yeah. not fussy. Yeah. Um, but but you're looking for like a ruptured testicle though. No, not ruptured. Destroyed. Yeah. Destroyed. Just, absolutely right. destroyed. That will just remove Blake Ferguson from the gene pool. That's all I want out of this season, <laughs> and and I'll die a happy man. <laughs> All right. Um, so, finally, I didn't I didn't tell you to give you the heads up on this, but you're gonna have to come up with your your grand final and your grand final winner, and you're also gonna have to come up with your revelation of the season as well. But uh, look, so basically, in short, I had Manly and Warriors a big improver. South the Roosters and potentially the Storm sliding, but not not a crazy amount for any of them. Revelation of the season, I mean, is obviously hands down Matty Parcell. He's gonna fucking win. Just accept it now. I'm calling it early. And um, premiers, well. As I said, Broncos in the grand final. And they're going to be playing Manly, and uh, Manly are going to win, and it will be over well before Ben Hunt gets the yips. Mm. Very comfortable. It won't be 40 nil, but it'll feel you know pretty pretty comfortable in like in the ballpark of like your 2011 grand final, where you can just enjoy the day because you know for a fact you're going to win before the game even starts. Yeah, I uh, my grand final's the same. It's it's Broncos and Manly, which to me will be exactly like. The uh, gastro bug I had last week, where I was in my ensuite with explosive diarrhea, <laughs> throwing up into my sink at the same time, having to strategically position my mouth and my asshole as close to the pos- the respective receptacles <laughs> without stuff spilling everywhere. So that's my grand final this year. That's what I have to look forward to. Well, so so then when so I'll see if we can get seats not close to each other. Oh, then. <laughs> and I'd had Mexican for lunch too. Yeah, you'd be hitting the tacos at all like It was so bad. So yeah, I've I've got that as as the grand finals. Well, based on form, based on uh, how they've bought in the off season. Previews for round one of the 2016 NRL season kicks off on Thursday night football down at Pertec. The Parramatta Eels take on the Brisbane Broncos. Kieran Foran named in the side. Saw articles today saying that he may be out, you know, with uh, hamstring issues. Quite frankly, Parra are going to get fucking pounded in front of their home fans and basically set the tone for the season disappointment that is to come. Yeah, um, the the fir- the first couple of rounds are, are always going to be fairly tough to pick. There's Bit going of to a be lottery because you're going to get yeah you're definitely going to get some surprise packets. Um, but but the way the Brisbane played in the World Cup Challenge leaves me with yeah. no doubt 
um, that there'll be the, the snap of a surgical glove and, excuse me, Parramatta bend over. Mighty Manly Seagulls take on the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs at Brookie on uh, Friday Night Football. Um, this one, Brett Stewart named, however. Rumours are that you know, there's a hamstring there that's going to keep him out for one week. The team selection that I just can't deal with is Matty Parcell in 14 on the interchange bench. That motherfucker is a starting hooker, 80 minute, keep him in there. He's an absolute superstar in waiting. Given the unsettled preseason that Coruscant had, I just, yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand. I mean, like, I fucking love, like, this, like, Brett Stewart, George Tafua, Jamie Lyon, Steve Mathai, Tommy Turbo, Dylan Walker, Cherry Evans. Fuck me, that's a back line. That's a back line that can just get you fucking pregnant just watching them fucking play rugby league and spinning the ball. Oh, fucking stop. Oh, stop it. Um, um, Nathan Green, he's got some work to do before, I, before I'm willing to embrace him fully as a manly player. But, you know, he did set up the winning try with a grubber uh, against the Broncos in the in the nine. So, he's, you know, he's going about it the right way. I, I think Manly will, will get the bickies on this one. Um, yeah, 13 not, plus, beyond a shadow of a doubt. I'm not surprised with with the whole uppy thing. You know, Trent Barrett knows him. Yeah, well, that's true too. Um, and, and there's a little bit of familiarity there. So, yep. you know, new coach, new club. There's there's one one familiar uh, familiar piece there. Um, it, it'll be interesting though when Des figures out that he's really got no one left to hate at Manly. <laughs> you know, Tuvi's gone, all the all the people he knows they were gone. Obviously the administration's still there and he he can have all these issues but but um it'll be interesting to see what he blames after the game. Uh, Canberra Raiders take on Penrith Panthers down in Canberra. This one's uh on Saturday afternoon. Well, Look, it's a, it's a late blow for Penny. You know, late in the preseason with the the next Darren Lockyer sidelined. It's hard to say. It's, Will we stop the, calling him that. These, I want to like the kid. These these teams are two of the teams where it's kind of like I just I don't know what I don't know what they're going to be yet. But I'm just going to go with Canberra and Canberra. It's all, it's always a good matchup. Um, you know, memories of of uh, ninety ninety one. Grand Finals. Um, I think this is a game that we can realistically win, uh, and and it'll be one on the back of something uh, out of the ordinary. You know, Peachy on super sub uh, scores a, a seventy meter try, and then he's fucked for the rest of the game. <laughs> but um, it's early in the year. Canberra doesn't have the the temperature that it does. It's two o'clock. Um, yeah. I think Penrith will get their season off with a win. West Tigers take on New Zealand Warriors at Campbelltown Stadium Saturday afternoon. And this one, Mitchell Moses and Jack Littlejohn in the halves. Littlejohn, a fairly unremarkable lower grader from the Seagulls. He filled in for Kieran Foran a couple of times. And was was terrific. Was was terrific. You know, just being like, as you know, having a creative player outside him. Yep. But then when he came into when Forum was in the side and he came in to replace Cherry Evans, saw some problems. Mm. So just there was a total lack of creativity. So I don't know, I'm not not sure. You know, why Charrington's in the nine when they've got a you know perfectly suitable you know dual grand final winner and multiple grand final player in Matty Ballin there. Um, yeah. Clearly, you know. Matty No Love, I'm going to call him because I mean, how the fuck can you 
you know, try and pretend that you, you like that side. <laughs> that you like being there. If Sean Johnson is on song, um, that that will be as badly as the West Tigers have been fucked by a Kiwi since Benji. Uh, it yeah. it really has the potential to to put the Warriors on on a path towards winning. Yep. Um, and the Tigers on uh, a path that could be the standard for the rest of their season. Um, I would absolutely love it though if all Robbie Farah's done all off season was do nothing but kick goals and just turned himself into this absolute gun goal kicker so that JT has no cho- no choice but to play him yeah, with, no. uh, with the the absence of Paddy Richards. But no, I think the Warriors will go 13-plus in this one. Yeah, I mean, both both sides are capable of being fucking awful, but the Warriors are just, you know, are just more capable at, at playing good football. War- you know? Warriors rocks equals Tigers diamonds. Yeah, I mean, McFadius has resisted the urge to get John O'Reilly back into the side, although he's got him on that extended bench. Um, Gave, I didn't expect to see him pop up on the bench for the Warriors, but there you go. Um, but if there's one thing that sinks the Warriors this year, it's going to be the team selections um, or, and or Blake Ashford wearing the... Uh, the number three jersey. Uh, but on this occasion, 13-plus Warriors. Okay, the North Queensland Cowboys take on the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks at 1300 Teeth Stadium Saturday evening up in North Queensland. Cowboys by 1,000. Yep. Sydney Roosters take on the South Sydney Rabbitohs Allianz Stadium on 4 p.m., so Sunday afternoon. Both sides, you know, that I predicted have a bit of a slide this year up against each other in round one, and I'm going to say at this stage, East are going to get them. Yeah, I've, I've gone the other way. Uh, I think that the the telling tale will be the the inexperience in the halves and uh, the the Burgess factor back in the forwards. I think that they'll just be a little bit too strong with the Roosters' injuries up front. Just but look at the like yeah, you got Greg, then you got Bryson Goodwin, Heimel Hunt, Aaron Gray, Cody Walker. Hmm. The back line is pretty fucking ordinary. It is, but who are the Roosters lost out of their forward pack? I don't think it's going to matter because I'm looking at the forward pack as well for for the rabbits and I mean you got you know you got Sammy yeah he's the only Berger present and yep. accounted for on this occasion I'd you know Kyle Turner I mean you know he's a concussion waiting to happen again mm-hmm. and then you but you look at the you, know, you got Napa you got Kane Evans yeah no fucking way I, I, I'm actually the more I'm looking at this game the more I'm thinking he's thirteen plus <laughs> Gold Coast Titans take on Newcastle Knights at Seabus the Hope Solo Coliseum. Sunday evening. I don't care. In the Gold Coast. Spoonapalooza comes early. Nights by millions. Yeah, I, I really don't care. Um, flip a coin. And finally, Monday night foot bitch. The Melbourne Storm take on the St. George Illawarra Dragons at Amy Park. Melbourne in Melbourne. It's round one. We don't know what sides are going to be like yet. So, you know, you've got, go, you got to go with what's comfortable. And Melbourne in Melbourne is pretty comfortable. Bet. Spot on. And that is full time for episode 211. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. Also, make sure you get around Jay on his Twitter account, at JarTV. Uh, we're on facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Make sure you hit the like button, share our posts around as we put them up, help us spread the good word. Uh, funnily enough, in the off-season, we got, an, uh, we got a uh, review on iTunes, 
And uh, this one, simply the best five stars from our Oscar-winning friend, Sam. He said, this is the best NRL podcast, no question, warning, sweary, not suitable for kids. Basically, it's kind of like Deadpool. Oh, kids need to know these words exist. Yeah, those words, but I don't think they need... Like, I don't, I'm not really prepared to, to field questions. You've seen Deadpool, right? No. Oh, okay. Well, it's not a spoiler. So there's a scene. There's a scene where he's getting pegged by his girlfriend. That's not really. Yeah, a conversation. Wow, okay. That's not really a conversation you need. To, that you want to have. <laughs> it's so not for kids, but it's fucking great. <laughs> Look, my eldest has taken a liking to insects, and he's starting to be you know, interested in all these creepy crawlies. And the other yeah. day, Google's autocorrect. Um, <laughs> Got us. He wanted to find out what the world's biggest cockroach looked like, and I'll let you figure out for yourself how far he got through that sentence. Um, so you know what? Let your kids listen to this weekend league, because there's a lot of other shit you're going to have to end up explaining to them later in life. That's going to be a whole lot more uncomfortable than uh, than having a few laughs together while you're uh, you're driving them to therapy in the car. Exactly. It's not like we're going to start, you know, broaching the, the, the subject of pegging and stuff in the future. <laughs> um, but seriously, thanks for, thanks for the review, Sammy. Um, one of the best ways you can support the show is by hitting the subscribe button on iTunes and giving us a review. That sort of stuff surges the ranking and things like that because iTunes is more inclined, the, the algorithm is more favorable to to newer shows getting, you know, new reviews and new subscribers. So the way that older shows like us have been around and dominating shit for years can uh, really maintain that is by reviews and ratings and uh, let's you know we've got a ton of reviews we've got fucking we we've have got more reviews than most podcasts and certainly a lot of the the you know even really famous ones I mean it's just because our, our listeners are so motivated and like loyal you know and to help out and things like that so thank you for that if you haven't done it do it um, super coach we have leagues I started another one this morning uh, it's going to be probably the final one because they, they're starting to slow down the way they, you know, they fill up now. So uh, if you need to get on board, get on Facebook, get on Twitter, shoot us a message and I'll give you the code. Otherwise, check the timelines because I did put it up on those services as well. It's uh, Twill Nation number six is the competition we're talking about. Um, also, we've got a group comp as well. So check the timelines there and follow, follow the invitation for the group comp. And that one's obviously one where you know we'll play for a prize at the end of the season, I think, for the person who can uh, get up on that one um and finally just a shout out to the green machine podcast done by solzy04 on twitter you guys might know him a lot of you at el loco may have had a chance to have a, have a beer or have a chat with him on grand final day last year maybe not though because i mean like i was monopolizing a lot of his time we were chatting a lot um but yeah awesome guy canberra fan and he started a podcast the green machine podcast and uh, on twitter it's at green machine pod so, uh, yeah, give that a listen uh, if you're camera inclined. And um, that's it. That is uh, all we have time for. I did a bit of a, a pool on Twitter yesterday, the day before, and it, or people, actually, I didn't even do it. People started doing it themselves, and they were trying to guess what the running time of the show would be. And so at the moment, as I'm doing this, it's 2 hours 21 and 9 seconds. I mean, there'll be some editing, so it'll trim in a little bit. But um, I wonder if anyone actually even got close. Uh, I guess we'll find out because uh, no doubt, you know, the person who's closest will tweet us and uh, try and act like they won an Oscar or, you know, competed in marathons, all the major marathons. But, you know, come on now, until you get back to these uh, 
achievements of that magnitude. You're just going to have to wait for the love. And uh, that's it. Thank you, Jay, for your time. Thank you. Uh, your your uh, official debut as a, you know, your, first, your, your official uh, start in the run on side. And, uh, yeah, look, thanks, off the bench. thanks for being gentle. Um, the KY jelly was, was in abundance. And uh, I'm sure as time goes on, we'll... Uh... There'll be less of the KY jelly and more I'll just spit in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, we're out. See you next week.